Starts a conversation like that. I just sat down. Good morning. Good day. This is Shelly, your mouthy mama with Talking Trash and Truths. And it is okay, it's Wednesday. I haven't seen Caitlin in a couple days, but I can tell her it's definitely is it Wednesday? It's Wednesday, right? Yeah, Wednesday, November 15th. Look at that. I was right. Uh, that doesn't happen very often anymore. It's 8.02 a.m. on the Eastern Seaboard. And how's everybody out there doing? That is icy. You shut up. She said, morning, girly. I'm bushy-tailed, not so bright-eyed. But me here, it's hump day. Girl, every day is hump day. If you're doing it right. Um, yes, it's hump day. So for all the camels, Sally, the camel has no humps. I'm in a very strange mood. I've been up all night again. Because why sleep? I slept six hours yesterday afternoon, unexpectedly. Because, you know, sometimes you just lay down and you're like, oh, shit, it's midnight. <laughs> Where'd the day go? So that's what happened to me yesterday. I don't know. I wanted to talk to you guys about... Lately, I've just been having really weird... Just weird feelings. I don't know. I don't know if it's the weather. I don't know if... Some bullshit planet ran into a freaking, I don't know, a moon phase and now stardust is turning against me. I don't know. I don't know any of that. All I know is I have this weird feeling. Like I feel off center. And I don't like it. <laughs> I just I don't like it. Um, I've been getting like these weird paranoid thoughts, which, all right par for the course with me but they're more so than usual like i i keep getting the compunction to like run away and i don't know why like to just shut down and i'm fighting it i fight it every single day i was talking to rabbit last night a little bit and it's just it's this weird you know i know everything's okay i know things are actually really good and I kind of just want to run as fast and as far as I can and just 
don't know why. I don't know if I'm anticipating things to go badly because they always do. Or if I'm just being typical paranoid me and, you know, I have too much time to think sometimes. I get in my head and that's all she wrote, you know, so. I don't know. I just. I feel like I'm turning invisible. Like, I don't know, like my voice is somehow smaller than it was. Or maybe inconsequential. That could just be, yeah, be me just being down on myself. Or it could be the material that I'm covering. It's just triggering. Could be going over the Amber Heard trial. Because seeing that fucker's face really just sets me off. But I don't know. It's something weird. Uh, Ira said it's because you've been out of the loop due to illness. And you're missing something. She said, nope. You're still here. Thank you, honey. <laughs> I feel here. I just don't feel like other people know I'm here or that, I don't know, that other people even give a shit that I'm here. Um, it happens to me all the time when I get sick and I've been out of the loop. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's weird. Like, I'm used to interacting with people a lot more than I've been. And I'm still putting forth the effort, but I'm not, I'm not getting the return that I got. And it's just like, okay, my first instinct, if I go somewhere, like say I go into a chat and I'm talking or whatever, and nobody's talking back or like, like even like if I put something pointed at the, at the host and they don't like, they skip right over it repeatedly. I'm like, you know what? I just won't come back. And I won't. I won't go back. Um, Suzanne, good morning, Suze. How are you? Say good morning, T3. Uh, good day to all. But yeah, no, I just... I don't make a big deal out of it, but I mean, I know there are people out there who just, they like to stir up trouble, and it's like, whatever. But I, I don't I don't go for it. I really don't. And I don't want to go places where people are afraid drama is going to follow me, I guess. So it's just like, I'll just stay to myself. So I try to like keep a low profile or I lurk or whatever. But when I do talk, I really feel like I'm talking to the wall. Sorry. I might have to mute a couple times because the heat is killing me. It's really like, oh. My throat is so dry, and usually that that's not a problem for me. We shall see. Um, I was just wondering if anybody else was feeling like some weird cosmic universal fuckery going on. That's not really my thing. I don't do horoscopes. I don't do any of that stuff. That's I believe in it, but I ever said, girl. You a mother <laughs> talking to the wall. She feel natural. <laughs> well, it should, but it doesn't because I'm on here and I, you know, I get, I get caught up on what I'm talking about. And I mean, yesterday, oh my God, yesterday's chat was just fucking hopping. Oh my God. It wouldn't stop. It was so good. And I mean, I love when that happens because I love interacting with you guys. You guys have a lot of, you know, stories to tell. 
and I have no problem reading them out to everybody. But yesterday we went over um, the coping behaviors that uh, narcissistic abuse victims or survivors uh, exhibit. You know, things like um, compulsive apologizing. YouTube is messing up. Seriously, do not even stress. Because chat's not working right. Count's not working right. Everything is off. Oh, I know, because it's telling me that nobody is here. Even though I'm talking to two of you. So, it's like, okay. And then it goes to one, and then it goes back to zero. And then it goes to one, and then it goes to zero. And I'm like, really? All right. Very strange. Um, Rumble was actually acting up last night, too, because Nick had his chat going. And Elephant and I were both in there. And I wrote something, and then it decided to delete it. And I was like, oh, this fucker did not delete my goddamn comment. So I refreshed and then it showed up, but it was like faded, not like bold like the rest of them. I refreshed again and then it was there. But then Ellie had typed one thing and it repeated about 30 fucking times through the whole time. I was like, Jesus. So I refreshed thinking it would go away. Nope. Kept going. And she was like, what the hell is going on? I was like, it's going to give up. I was like, sorry, Nick, I'm out. And I was like, I can't do it. I cannot follow this stream if I can't even read the damn chat. But it was, oh, it was so weird. Everything was glitching. Uh, oh, by the way, winning reality. No, I got Sunday's notification for the stream last night. <laughs> you know, that doesn't even surprise me. It really doesn't. By the way, for those not in the know, this Saturday, he had done an interview with um, Making Law Simple, MLS, David. An amazing interview. It was, oh, the, the whole show was just fantastic. I loved it. I was, I was entertained. It was informative. It was just, it was really, really, really good. But even though he's been doing the Saturday night intro the same for the past six months, and I know because I'm in it, uh, it's the, it's the Kylie Minogue one with the, you know, in my head, can't get you out of my head. He's been through the same one for six months, every week for six months, no problems. And then they blocked him. They blocked the video. And <laughs> it didn't go over well. So we, you know, I was going around telling everybody, go on Rumble, look on Rumble. And last night, Rabbit happened to bring up that it's there now. So he did the appeal, but they didn't give him any kind of answer to it. So I don't know if it's pending or what it is, but the Saturday night stream is available on YouTube. I suggest you all go check it out. It's really, really good. It didn't get any of the rewatches that it normally would, which really pisses me off um, because they were stupid. And, you know, you know, that first 48 hours is really important. So, now it's been a couple days. So if you guys, you know, if you want to pass it around, check it out, share it, like it, do all the youtube things, that would be very much appreciated. If you haven't seen it, you're missing out. It was really good. And I mean, not to toot my own horn or anything, but we had a really good discussion on Sunday, too, when we did the trap, part one and two. So you might want to check out Sundays as well. I had a really good time doing that show. That was I didn't think I was going to because I was in a really bad mood, but then, you know, 
he, he turned it around on me, made me laugh, and we had a great show. Uh, I said, he posted in MLS Discord so most people will know. Good. I hope they go see it. Um, but I was popping all over the place. I thought you said you were pooping all over the place. I was like, okay, overshare. That's all right. We overshare here. And y'all just left my ass on YouTube when you went over to Rumble. But you came with us. That And the thing is, that's what he said when we finished. He was like, wait, did I say goodbye to them on YouTube? I was like, I don't know. Did you? I was like, did, I'm just sitting here looking pretty. Like, that's your job. Like, I'm not, you know, like, what the hell? Yeah, he forgot to say goodbye on YouTube. And he was like, damn it. I was like, yeah, well, he's usually good about that stuff. Uh, Shelly, maybe people just don't like David. <laughs> you know he's going to find out you said that. You know that. But um, she said, well, it hasn't been there. No, it hasn't been there. It's there now, though. Susan, Eris, get you to it. I was popping, not pooping. You know, women don't do those things. Yeah, no, we don't poop. What, what do they call it? I don't know. Like my my friend Christine, her wife Donna, she ripped one one day, and I just looked at it. She said, "I don't even want to hear it." I was like, "I didn't want to hear it either," but I did. And she was like, "No, like don't call it what I think you're going to call it." I was like, "It's a fart." She said, "I don't fart. I toot." I was like, "Bitch, please." <laughs> Like, you're feminine, but you ain't that fucking feminine. Like, no, stop it. Like, no. I tooted. No, you didn't, bitch, because the smell is the same. Trust me, my eyebrows are burning. Stop. Like, mm -mm. no, she... <laughs> I tooted. <laughs> Stupid. Oh, yes. Girls don't do those things. God, you sound like my aunt. That's not very ladylike. <laughs> I don't used to look at her. Have you met me? Work in a gas station. Like, what the hell, lady? How am I supposed to be lady like with grease under my fucking fingernails? Like, whatever. Listen, family business, that's what you do. You pitch in because you're not allowed to not pitch in. Uh, also, last night was super funny for me. I was watching Rackets um, with Joe Nearman because, you know, Joe went to Washington, D.C. With his dad. And so far everything's good. They're good. Um, they went to the. You know the peaceful protest thing. And Joe was talking to, to Rackets. And he's you know. Bah, 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 bah. We go over to Rumble. And Valhalla comes on. So it's Rackets, Valhalla. And Aussie Overlord. So. I can't even explain. I can't talk. It was so funny. Because Rackets was. He was already like half friggin' drunk. And Valhalla was Valhalla. And they were talking back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for like an hour and a half. And I'm sitting there going, this is great. But poor, like, I felt bad for Aussie because he was just sitting there like, do, 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 like totally not. He had nothing to say, nothing to add. And he's like, he's sitting there just reading chat. So I wrote in chat. Oh, Aussie, you look bored. And he finally, he was like, you know, I'm talking trash and truth. He was like, usually I have something to say. I came up here with something to say. The guys were like, oh, okay. Like, like uh, Nick was like, well, I'm going to go pee. You go ahead and talk. Like, <laughs> And Valhalla went for a smoke. So he got to get like 
half of a question out, like to just bring up a topic. And then they were off and running again. And it was just like, all right, well, it was a good attempt. But yeah, he didn't, he didn't get uh, his point across. I felt so bad. And I normally don't feel bad for people that go on Racket Stream. Because you know what? You get what you, you know, got coming to you. You know what you sign up for when you go on Nick's stream. I did one call in in locals with him. And I was like, you son of a bitch. Like, I told him to go fuck himself. Like, it was great. And he was just like, all right, it's fair. Like he took it. He took it like a man. But uh, it was just funny. But it's nerve wracking. And I even told him, I said, oh, I was so nervous. He was like, I know. He was like, you did fine. I was like, no, I didn't. He was like, no, you were a sweetheart. I was like, no, I really wasn't. I was so mean. <laughs> he was like, your mic is shit. Get a new mic. I was like, I know, I know, I know. That was the night my mic decided to die. Of course it was. Of course it was. I was like, oh, it's crackle heaven over here. Uh, I've never done those things. I weigh... You weigh 7,000 pounds from holding you years worth of everything. Iris <laughs> has never evacuated anything in her life. <laughs> She's just... She still has this strained peas from when she was six months old. <laughs> uh, she said, oh, snap, Valhalla on any stream is lit. Let me tell you, he was hilarious hilarious he was talking about like nashville and like all the things that they did and they kept saying no you can't tell that story no you can't tell that story nope nope not that one nope not that one i was like oh you son of a bitch like now i want to know all of them but, oh my god they had so much fun uh drunk was valhalla i don't think he was that drunk but i mean it was um 2 30 3 o'clock in the morning so he might have been fairly there uh nick is supposed to go on his stream on Valhalla's channel on Saturday to do a Lego build. And Valhalla's like, you better be there. You said you would. He was like, yeah, see, here's the thing. And then I was just like, yeah, he might show up. I don't know. I hope he does because I don't, I don't like when people say they're going to do something and they don't. If I say I'm going to do something, bet your ass I'm going to get it done. Uh, Suzanne needs to change phones to see, catch the rewatch. All right, have a good one, Susie. Enjoy your day. I hope you feel better. Eris, you hang with the big dogs. You either could have run with the pack or get left behind as bait. Or you're going to be the one that they gang banged and left for dead in the corner. Like, it's just these guys just go at you. I don't care. I can hold my own. But no, it was it was so much fun. It really was. I enjoyed it. Um, and of course, I love teasing Val from the chat. I was talking to him the whole... That's why I say I feel invisible sometimes. Because I talked to him the whole time from the chat. I know his ass saw them. The only time that he said anything to me was when Aussie Overlord was like, talking trash and truth. And both him and Nick were like, what? <laughs> what happened? And Val was like, oh, the TT. I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, whatever. That's all right, because they're both um, gay on my channel because Valhalla has a wrench because I didn't think he had enough. And so does Nick. Nick is actually a managing mod, so he's got like, you know, he's up there with winning. And Rabbit. So it's like, no, okay. 
Like I had spots for three. I was like, I'm only doing three. But Nick had to be in there because I had to make him, you know, gay. Because I just, he, he'll never be in here. But just the fact that if he does show up and sees he's got a wrench, which he already knows about, he's just going to be like, you take that. You take that right now. Like, I don't want that. <laughs> sure you do. But all right. So that was it was a lot of fun. But I was so glad that Rumble screwed up because I was like, I have so much research to do. And now I don't want to because I've been watching these like, you know, re-re's just sit here and be like re-re for like the last three, four hours. But I don't know. We had a good time. But everybody had a good time. It's always a good time with Nick. He talked about Malort. Apparently Valhalla bought him a bottle of Malort. And Nick spent like 10 minutes searching the room for it, knowing that he didn't bring it back from Nashville. <laughs> It was like, all right, I'm going to be straight with you. I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. Even though I know it got left behind in Nashville. I was like, oh, I was like, he was like, I had that ship. Somebody drove that to me. I was like, who would drive Malort across country? Like, why would you do that? It's available all over. It's disgusting. Like, <laughs> I don't get it. So. Anyway, back, back to the matters at hand. So yesterday, like I said, we talked about the behavioral quirks that survivors pick up after they've been in a relationship with a narcissistic abuser. And there's, you know, the constant apologizing. There's the imposter situation where you feel like no, no achievement is your own. You know, if somebody compliments you, you're, you get very uncomfortable because you don't feel like you're worthy of it. And it's because you've grown up with these like people telling you you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You know, you're not funny. You're not this always taking away from you, chipping away from you. So when something good does happen and you've done it. You almost feel like, oh, my God, somebody's going to call me on this bullshit. I lucked out on this. There's no way I earned this. I don't deserve this. Like, this isn't mine. And that's something that I struggle with a lot. Like, I'm just like, oh, nobody cares. I'm just going to shut it down. And then I get yelled at. It's like, oh, all right, fine, whatever. Like, all right, I'll try another week. One more week. One more week. That's how I do the show, like a week at a time. Because I never know, you know, where I'm going to be. I hit lows. I do. But, I mean, I don't take the psych meds anymore. And I feel more alert. I feel more like me more focused but it does tend to make me think you know okay i i don't know if i can do this you know i don't i don't know if i should do this you know i get low and i'm like oh you know it's not really making a difference and and i know i have evidence i've been told the contrary and yet i don't i i believe it but i don't like i believe that it helps somebody, but I don't believe that it was my doing. It's the information that helped them. It's the, you know, they were in the right place at the right time to hear the right thing. And that's what helped them. I don't give myself the credit because I'm so used to people taking the credit for the things that I do. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about today with the envy. It's a huge thing when it comes to narcissists. They have very little about themselves that they can use to propel them in the direction they want to go. Like they have high aspirations and low capabilities. 
So they have to find some type of way to move up that ladder. And they have no problem making people into rungs on that ladder. No problem at all. They will step on anybody. Doesn't matter. People like to use that crab in a bucket thing. And that's the thing about crabs in a bucket. I've seen them climb over one another. But I've also seen crabs like at the top, hanging on to like the top of the bushel and reaching down so other crabs can climb up. So I don't know, maybe it's the way you look at it. Because, yeah, there are people who are willing to climb over other people to get up and, you know, survive and get ahead. But there's also people who remember to reach back down and help those below them to come up as well. That's the way I choose to see it. That's always the way I chose to see it. I don't think they're stepping on people. I think there are crabs that turn around and say, hey, come on, let's go. Like, you know, I got cousins down there. I got friends down there. I got out. Look, everybody, come on, grab onto my claw and we'll get out together. Like the great escape. You know, that's the way I tend to see it. Am I a Pollyanna sometimes? Maybe. My friend Christina always used to say, you know, those rose-colored glasses are going to kill you one day. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I don't wear rose-colored glasses. And truth of the matter was, I actually did have actual facts. Rose-colored glasses. Because it was the friggin' early 90s, late 80s, and that's what you wore. Um, we didn't have the metal frames and all that shit. We had this crappy plastic. So I just want to check the stream health because I'm worried. Now it's healthy. Uh, so, yeah, so she used to say, you know, you look at everything and you think everything's just peachy keen. She's like, I don't get it. She was like, you should be a lot more on your guard. And a lot more, um, not negative, what was the word she used? I can't remember the word she used, but it was like she wanted me to be a lot more discerning. She was like, you should be a lot, lot more mistrustful of people than you are. She was like, you say you don't trust people, but then, you know, you form like all these friendships. She was like, and then you trust people. And then they turn around, they stab you in the back, and then you're surprised. I'm like, well, why wouldn't I be surprised? Because I wouldn't do a temptation. Yes, but people are not you. And it's just, oh, my God, it drove her insane. You clicked on yesterday's show by mistake. Well, you didn't finish watching that one, so you can go finish watching that one, too. Uh, Eris said, girl, I could write a fucking book on that. I love the bad boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I always went for the bad boys. Um, the last two guys I've been with turned out to be narcissists. Mm -hmm. Really good at masking it made me question everything girl i'm married wait where the hell i missed a whole freaking all right i said my mother put me through all that shit the prim and proper how to sit how to hold your head oh yeah deportment that's what we called it it was it wasn't like you're getting deported it was deportment it was charm school basically we had etiquette classes in my house Oh, my God. Like, my grandmother, my aunts, they were very... They had, like, the whole Emily Post bullshit book and everything. Uh, I think that's why I swear so much now. Rebellion for you. Yep. He was concentrating on Nick. Nick will kick your ass quick if you don't keep up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I remember... I remember doing that. 
I remember learning, you know, how to sit, how to cross it. You don't cross your legs, you cross your ankles and keep your knees together. You know, you never like the skirt has to be tucked around. Make sure, you know, how to sit in the skirt, how to wear, you know, clothes so that you didn't flash everybody, you know, how to speak and how to soften your voice. And, you know, but I also worked in a gas station. I knew how to project my voice. I could, you know, yell over any of the machinery. Believe me, I could yell over any of the machinery. And I mean, it was just, it was the thing. Hey, I'll post what's up. Running late, just dropping by to say hi. Hi, honey. Have a wonderful day at work. Have a good day, little brother. Uh, I listened for 20 minutes before I realized it was the wrong show. <laughs> I think winning reality needs more coffee in his reality. I think you need another coffee. Hell, I think I do too. Here we go. Salud. Oh, I forgot I mixed it with my protein shake. So it's all like sweet. Mm, yummy. Uh, what was I saying? God damn you winning. It used to be the only thing people would say in my life was oh, fucking Michelle. Because I'd always do something that they'd be like, what the hell did she do? <laughs> okay. And uh, now I say that about him. He's the version of me in my life. It's like, okay, I'm like fucking winning. Damn it. God damn it, winning. So you hear all day long. <laughs> and I wouldn't have it any other way. Keeps me on my toes. But yeah, no, like we... That's what these kids don't understand. Like they're walking around, they're talking a certain way. And I'm just like, okay, do you know why they taught us all the etiquette so that we could go between being casual, going, go to a wedding and not embarrass the family, go on a job interview, give a really good interview, look the part, you know, because you have to be adaptable. These kids don't know how to adapt. That's why they have no resilience at all. They're used, if it's not one particular set of circumstances, they're like, oh, no, I don't know what to do. We didn't have that. You know, we had when you're in, you know, when you're doing this, you sit a certain way. When you wear these kind of clothes, you move a certain way. When I'm in a dress, I'm a completely different person. My mother loves it. She's like, oh, my God, it's like the girl I always wanted. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm not like, I'm not cursing. I'm not, you know, like real, like loud about it. My laugh is softer. And I'm just a lot more in my my feminine mindset. And I, I've moved slower. I talk softer. I laugh softer. I, you know, I just, I, I act more ladylike. And she loved it. I hate it. Because it just does, it doesn't feel natural all the time for me. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. It depends on who I'm around. If I feel safe, I'll be feminine no matter what. But if I don't, that tough girl, like, she's like, I'm here. Like, <laughs> and I ain't fucking going nowhere. And that's where I live most of the day. And it's exhausting. It is exhausting to always have to pretend. To always put that tough girl in front because otherwise people fuck with you they fuck with you the last time i i took down my defenses you know before you know now i got really screwed over and i think if i had stayed tough and stayed mean it wouldn't happen but 
you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and you can't put the shit back in the horse. So here we are. Um, but a lot of that yesterday was talking about like um, how we react, like the little things that we do when we've been with a narcissist for so long. You know, the constant need to apologize. The constant need to please people. I I am horrible at saying no because I avoid conflict at all costs. I did a show once with um with a friend of mine that well he was a friend and the it was going along fine, whatever, and I had like I was moving around and doing stuff and he said, Oh, you love conflict, and I lost it because I fucking hate conflict i hate fighting with people i don't like when people are mad at me i don't like if people feel slighted by me i always say oh I, the last fuck i gave went right out the window yeah for the most part but when it comes to people i care about all i care about is how they feel like i just i worry that they're not happy with me that they're you know that they've been offended in some way or they finally smartened up and said oh she's not worth my time that's always in the back of my head you know when are they going to figure out that they're wasting their time with me when are they going to figure out that it's ridiculous you know it's always there and i mean it took years for people to make me feel that low but they somehow manage it they managed to make me feel like there was no reason for me to be around i had no value and a lot of that was done by people who couldn't do the things that I did. And it would set them off. And I, was, I used to just say, you know, all right, maybe they're just a little jealous, maybe whatever. They resent me. That was the thing. They resent me. They're mad at me because I did this. Okay, was I showing off? Was I whatever? Doing what you normally do and being good at it is not showing off. It's just doing what you normally do and being good at it showing off would be like doing it and doing a handstand at the same time that's showing off but just being good at my job you know being good at friendships being good at relationships with you know different kinds of people being able to de-escalate situations you know very easily at work where other people had a very hard time i mean these were things that i was good at you know they were my skills that was my skill set dealing with people that is what i do because I know where anger comes from. You know, I know where it's born. I know where it festers. I know where it's encouraged. I get that with angry people. Angry people don't scare me as much as quiet people. Because if you're angry, I can pretty much, you know, like I can take you down. I can, I can de-escalate the situation, calm you down. You know, and just talk to me. That's all you got to do. Because usually people that are angry, that angry feel abused in some way they feel um ignored they feel like nobody cares and all you have to do to like de-escalate is say no i'm here i'm not afraid of you like you want to talk we'll talk but act right because i'm not going to talk to you if you're going to act like an idiot no okay you know they always almost always back down and if they don't do it that way you you go and you tell them hey look you know you're scaring me I don't like it. And if you can't calm down, I'm going to have to go. 
and I really don't want to. So could you just calm down for me? Most of them will stop and think and be like, oh, I, well, I'm not mad at her. So I don't want her to be upset. Okay. So, and they'll, they'll back it down, you know, until it's manageable again. And I'm good at stuff like that. I'm good at reading people when they're really upset, when they're sad, whatever. And I shouldn't be ashamed of that, but there's so many people who are like, oh, you think you know people? Well, yeah. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've been dealing with people my whole life. Like when you're hypervigilant, which I've always been, I can't turn it off. You learn to categorize different things that people do. You read everything in an instant, you know, because you have to anticipate what they're going to do and just how badly it's going to hurt. If it's going to hurt or if it's a good thing, you know, if it's a good thing, I tend to be a little bit more uncomfortable because I don't know how to deal with good stuff. Um, like I've said before, the way to destroy me is with tenderness. Like if you have genuine feeling and show genuine feeling, like if you're, if you're gentle with me, if you're kind to me, I can't handle it. I just can't. I don't know what to do with it. I, I just, I panic and I'll, you know, I'll make a joke or I'll, you know, tell you you're an asshole or something. Like, that's what I do. I react with something negative because I'm like, no, get away. Cause you're making me, you're making me uncomfortable. I, I, I don't want to believe you. I'll get emotional. Wait, <laughs> Morning, Inya. You're here just in time. Um, you slept late. Nice. I haven't. I woke up at like, I think it was a quarter after 11, 1130 last night. And I've been up ever since. Um, perfect that you came in now. This way I stopped being emotional. Um, yeah, no, like if you're. If you're gentle with me, if you're tender, if you're honest, if you're sweet, if you're kind, if you're generous, if you're grateful, I don't know what to do with any of those things. I panic so bad. Uh, and you said, I can't handle when life is really good because I know something really bad is around the corner. Not like the, not like the washer goes out. No, yeah, no, I know. And that's what I've been feeling. I like I said, I feel off kilter. There's I'm not centered at all. Like everything in my life is running just a little to the left. You know, like just a couple centimeters off. And it's not like I can feel the derailment coming. And I don't want it. I don't want it. I've been derailed enough times in the last two, three years. I'm fucking over it. Like I just, I just want peace of mind. That's all I want. And if I have to like leave this, like if I have to leave YouTube to get peace of mind, I will, but I'll burn everything down before I go. I'll make it so that no, I can't come back and neither can they like, so that's not a place I want to be pushed to. It's going to take a lot to get me there because I have a lot of people running interference to make sure I don't explode. But 
if that was where it was going to, that that's what would happen. Because I'm only passive so far. You know, you can only push me to one particular thing, and then I'm just done. Uh, but what we were talking about was, you know, like how the narcissist, they train you to be this way. They train you to have that catastrophic thinking. You're When you're young and you go through this, usually it's through encounters with narcissists because narcissistic abuse, when you're a child, it deprives you of trust. It deprives you of independence. It deprives you of self-esteem. You go through all these challenges where you're supposed to be um, lifted up and instead you're constantly made to feel like you're not good enough. You know, you're not good enough and you're not enough to make me happy and everything wrong with my life is your fault. And I would have been better. You know how many times my mother told me, oh, my life would have been so much better if I didn't have you. Thanks, Ma. Really? Like, oh, you know, I, God, when I found that I was praying with you, I was devastated because I was so ready to meet, to leave your father. So why didn't you just leave him? Because my parents told me I couldn't because I was pregnant. Okay, she was like, I really, I would, I even thought about aborting you. She was like, but your grandmother wouldn't hear it. <laughs> oh, thanks, Ma. Like, I never thought about aborting my kids. Not once. I never called them a mistake. I never called them an accident. They were like, you know, well, you know, it was an accident. No, you were an accident. You were a surprise. Holy shit, were you a surprise. Like, Connor was my three-minute miracle baby. He's my easy-bake baby. Like, the I hadn't had sex in a year. My ex showed up and was like, hey. I was like, hey. Three minutes later, I was pregnant. It's not saying anything for his fucking stamina, but again, note to self, don't touch his nipples. Like, that, I don't know, set him off. <laughs> I was just pregnant. I was like, okay. I'm not, I was never that girl who, you know, oh, I got to do it a million times. And like, no. One encounter is all it takes. So I like birth control in me. My body rejects all birth control. It reacts so violently to it. I couldn't even get an IUD. Here's really, here's an overshare. That I, I told you guys, I went to the damn Planned Parenthood for an IUD. For those men who don't know what it is, it's an intrauterine device. And it looks like an upside down fish hook. And it's just, it's, it's a T. But, like, it collapses. It's inside this little applicator. And the doctor will go and he'll insert it into your cervix. And then when he pulls the applicator back out, it kind of opens inside. It hooks inside your cervix and it blocks the hole so that the sperm can't get in. Well, apparently, after an hour of trying couldn't do it and i was like you really like i'm crying they gave me a fucking local and they're just like come on it's okay and i was like no it hurts so much because this is an easy peasy procedure two minutes you're done you just got to hope that it you know stays in place and he was like i can't do it i was like why do you keep hurting me like what is the problem i studied it i knew what what it entailed i knew what i was you know going to encounter there because i would never go to a doctor's office and get a procedure i knew nothing about because even in the hospital i was like what are you doing where are you going with that needle no nope, you're going to tell me what you're doing before you do it 
Otherwise, you're not doing it. I can guarantee you that. And the doctor was like, he said, I'm inserting that. I was like, all right, so what's what's the holdup? Like, why can't you just do it? He said, you have a shy cervix. I said, I have a what? He said, you have a shy cervix. He said, every time I try to insert the applicator, your cervix pulls back and closes. I said, well, that bitch has never been fucking shy before. <laughs> so what the hell? And he was just like, I know I can't do it. He's like, I'm going to have to give you Norplant. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And they did. They put the damn thing in my arm. And a week later, I was back. I was like, take it out. I don't like it. It's itchy. I don't. I know it's there. I feel it. 24 fucking seven. Take it out. And he was like, I'm not going to. I said, listen, you're either going to take this shit out of my arm or I'm going to go home, grab a razor blade and do it my fucking self. And he just he laughed. And then he looked at me. He said, oh, my God, you really would. I'll do it right here. He was like, all right, I'll do it. Jesus. I was like, thank you. Like, don't don't play with me because I'll play doctor by myself. I have no problem stitching up my own arm. I've done it before. I'll do it again. So it's just like, ugh. but yeah, he was like, all right, I'll take it out. I have a shy cervix. Shut up. Who has a shy cervix? That bitch ain't shy at all. Shit. If she could come out in like a fucking tutu, like, hey, look at me. Wearing a tiara. She fucking would. Uh, and yeah, I made a deal with God that I had to be next. I don't think he was complicit, but I tried. That you had to be next what? But I took my own out after seven years. It was a trip. Yeah. Uh, did you really? You took your own? No. Did you really? Not your IUD. Did you have like a Norplant or something? Girl, if you took out your own IUD, I, Lord, you're too tough for me. Oh. Uh, uh, oh, no. I'm cringing so bad right now in you. Oh, my goodness. No. She said, oh, well, my husband did. Even that, Jesus. Oh, my God. I can barely swallow right now because he got me so, like, I'm just feeling pain. Like, I'm feeling pain for you. Oh, no. Mm -mm. I know it's soft and spongy and squishy and whatever, but still, it's still flesh. Still flesh. And I happen to know that it hurts. It didn't hurt. It was hilarious. Oh, my God. Oh, no. The marina. Oh, all right. <laughs> I told him get the strings and pull. He didn't tell me he found it. <laughs> he ain't. I was like, oh. <laughs> okay. So a lot of guys don't know when you get an IUD. <laughs> it's attached to a string. And this string hangs out of, you know, whatever. So <laughs> when a woman gets her friend every month, if she continues to get her friend, because sometimes with the IUD, you don't. It depends on if it has hormones or not. Um, you have to make sure that if you use tampons, that you pull the correct string, which can take some getting to know your body, getting to know different feels and a hand mirror sometimes. But these are just stories that I heard. I never had to do that. Cause again, shy cervix, I didn't have it. 
but yeah so i've i've actually had friends have them and they're like i pulled the wrong fucking string i'm like oh oh my god <laughs> why did you do that i didn't know it was the wrong goddamn string it was a new brand of tampon and it felt the same and god damn it i was, <laughs> I was like okay that's hilarious though you can yeah. didn't hurt it was hilarious you can feel it yeah no i mean you can feel it but oh my goodness i immediately got my period back it doesn't come back slowly yep no that was worse than taking it out all the hormones back at one time that was what happened with the depot because i got the depot shot i only got it twice and first of all i gained so much weight from it it was ridiculous i was like nope nope we're not doing this again and my my boyfriend's time billy he was like oh but you never get your friend we have sex every day i was like not for nothing but you know you could learn to live with a little blood in your life like you'll be fine ride the red river and shut the fuck up i, I just i couldn't and no he was like no you're gonna keep getting it. i was like yeah all right so i told him i kept going again and i didn't i was like fuck it nope because i also didn't get my friend back i didn't get my friend for four and a half years immediately when it came back within two months i was pregnant and that was being married to a man who i rarely get to have sex with. so it was just like really like fertile myrtle became like my my name till death uh I got that and gained so much weight at 16. It ruined my cycle. They hurt people with that depot shot, I think. Oh, yeah, they did. They did. It was terrible because my, I was never the same after that. It was, I could never, like, for like four or five years, I would get it at different times. And like, oh, it was just, I never had cramps before that. Then I wound up getting cramps and everything that went with it. Uh, it started cysts on my ovaries and they would burst and hurt so bad. Yeah, no, I know it, it did. It messed me up. It messed me up for a long time. I think that, um, that was one of the reasons why I had developed so many anger issues. And that was one of the things that the therapist that I had started seeing later on said, she said, you know, that's probably why you couldn't handle any kind of stress because one, you were grieving, because I was grieving, you know, my grandmother, I was grieving my father, I was grieving the end of my marriage. And I just couldn't handle any type of emotion. So I just shut myself up in my house. And I did my phone sex, and that was it. Like, that's, I was just a phone sex operator, that was all I could handle. I was not going out to work, I was not doing any of that. No menses for four months, and then bleed for three weeks straight. Yet, yeah, no, that's like having a baby. No. Mm-mm. I did not. I mean, I knew that when you had a baby, you bled. But my grandmother was like, yeah, you bleed for like 40 days. I was like, shut up. No, you don't. She was like, yeah. She was like, between five and six weeks. Stop. I was like, wait a minute. I gave birth to this kid and I still, like, I'm just going to be like this, like stitches, like for two weeks and then everything. She was like, yeah, it's hell. I was like, it really is. I got to go to work, baby girl. I'll see you later. Oh, all right, Aris. I'll see you later. Hugs to you too, babe. Have a good day at work. And you said my daughter was shocked for that too. Yeah, no, it's, oh Lord. Because you don't expect it. You're like, oh, the baby and everything's, you know, you figure everything comes out. Everything, You know, you're good. You should be done. No, now you have to deal with the belly going back down. Because for anybody out there who has never had a child, 
<laughs> Your belly doesn't go flat as soon as that baby comes out. Everything has to shrink back down. And it's not fun. It's not because your contractions are what shrink everything back down. And so after you have the baby, you're still having contractions because everything is trying to get back to the way it was. Yeah, no, she said, but my mom, but mom, I had a C-sick. She, yeah, your body don't care. It doesn't care. Your uterus was still involved. If anything, that's worse. And it's like great paper, even if you're 20. I know. Mm. It's just like, oh, come on. Like, why does it look like that? It looks like chicken skin. Like, it's like, come on. I had so much cocoa butter. It was ridiculous. And my grandma was like, she said, oh, she was like, so you just went the other way. Because as my stomach went in, my boobs went. And it was just, they were just so big. They were so big. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I'd look down and be like, oh, they're not that big. My grandma would be like, mm-hmm. No, look at them from my angle. They're huge. Okay, thanks. Well, you just make me feel like a freak show. She used to call them clown tits. I was like, thanks, Graham. I appreciate it. Because I would wake up in the morning and I'd have so much milk that I'd immediately grab both my tits and run to the bathroom and just like stand over the sink and be like, okay. But she'd be like, no, there's a trail. Oh, I, I don't know what to tell you. I got to get rid of the first load of the day like it's got to all come out but yeah for my son i had no milk it was just like what the fuck but i didn't know that was because um my thyroid was so messed up i couldn't produce any kind of milk for him i got the colostrum so he got all that but after that nope and i had women for months trying to get me to to have the milk come down and it just wouldn't old women massaging my boobs in the wick office because that's where they sent me because that's where la leche league was and they're like oh if those women can't get you to lactate nobody will i was like i don't think anybody's gonna do it but i'll fuck it i'll give it a try they had me putting lettuce leaves cabbage leaves i had to take this weird mother's helper horrible drops it was oh I mean, I did everything I possibly could. And then after like four months, I was like, fuck this. I give up. Like, I can't. Like, this is torture. <laughs> the kids are already on formula. He's fine. He'll be fine. I can't do this. And it was just, ugh. But yeah, no, for Katie, I could have fed a small nation. And that bitch still, she was like, nope, that's not enough. She was like, no, that's not enough milk for me. It's too much work. Too much work. All you had to do was like poke my boob, and it was like half a gallon. Like, mm -mm. so much milk. It's so weird that we make milk. You know, like I, I never knew that growing up. Nobody ever talked about that when I was a kid. It's not like now where you walk through the park and you see twelve people breastfeeding on a fucking bench. Like, oh, we're we're here to breastfeed together. Okay, like it's like no, okay. From my daughter, I always like removed myself from the room whenever I had to like feed her and I'd go upstairs or whatever. Now they just sit at the kitchen table and just whip out a titty. They're like, here you go. Oh, you need some in your coffee? It's like, there you go. No. And you said, I tried with my son too. He got three to four weeks and then I dried right up. Yeah. My mother chose not to breastfeed me. They asked her and she was like, no. So they gave her a shot and she was just like, yeah, she goes, my milk dried right up. 
I was like, why would you not breastfeed me? I was four fucking pounds. Well, yeah, but no, I didn't want them to get misshapen or whatever. Your itty bitty titties, like she's an A cup, my mother. There's like nothing there. I think they're only bigger with age because of gravity. But when I was younger, she had no fucking chest. None. That's why when I got pregnant with Katie and I walked in my grandma's house, she said, oh, my God, you took after your father's mother. I was like, what? She said, you're nah, nah. She was like, you got her big boobs. I was like, that's great. Thanks. My mom was too scared of me because I was so tiny and her first baby that lived. Oh, she was good for my siblings, but said I terrified her. Yeah, the first one usually does terrify them. My mother had this thing where she just... She would just put me down and that was it. Like she said, I never cried. I never told her when I was hungry. She was like, I tried giving you the pacifier. And once you realize nothing came out, you're like, like, nope, not having it. <laughs> nope. Don't want it. Which is typical of me. Um for breastfeeding, so she wouldn't get Yep. Too scared of breastfeeding you? Yeah. I get that. And my mother likes to cover up. And she's like, oh, well, you know, you needed extra iron. Okay. You could have given me supplement of iron and still breastfed me. But I think for her, it was, she went that first week without holding me. Like she didn't ever touch me until I was already like seven days old. So she'd never held me. She never, nothing. So there was like this disconnect. She didn't feel like she had a baby. She went home from the hospital that night because my father needed her to take care of him. And that was it. They came and picked me up on the seventh day. Like, you know, and that was it. They brought me home on Easter Sunday. And it was like, all right. But I can't imagine that. I mean, I was greedy for my babies. When they came out, I was just like, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Like, I wanted to be the first thing that they saw, the first thing that they felt. I wanted that connection. I had that with Katie. I had it with Connor. I didn't have that with my mother. Yeah. And she even said, she said, we didn't even have to hold you. She said, you were so tiny. We could just prop up your little, um, your little bottle next to you on the towel. And you just eat. And as soon as you were done, you just turn your head away. And that was it. I was like, Jesus, did anybody fucking pick me up? She was like, yeah, every once in a while. She was like, but you never cried. So we just left you in your, in your bassinet. <laughs> Yay. Like, don't tell me that my psychological problems are only my own. I know who caused those bitches. But it's like, I don't know. I I know it was a different time or whatever, but I mean, no maternal instincts like at all? At all? It's just weird to me. She's still that way. I know every goddamn thing my kids do. Even though they think I don't. I'm not stupid. I know what they do. I'm interested in what they do. Do I fight with them all the time? Sure. Do I tell them, get the hell out of my face? <laughs> because that's my relationship with them. That's the way I talk. I'm very brusque. Okay. Yes, I'm abrasive. I'm prickly. Okay. You, I'm that cat that you're like, mm, I really want to pet her, but do I want to take the chance? Like, I'm one of those Maine Coons sitting there going, like, I dare you. Go ahead. God, just try it. Come on. Come on. You know, you wanna, you know, and you never quite know if they're going to, you know, if you're going to get scratched or you're going to get the power. 
my kids know that I'm mostly all the time. But it's just who I am. Unless I'm, you know, comfortable. Unless I'm in a good place and I'm not feeling like tons and tons of stress. But they also like to poke the bear. So that's their own fault. They set, they set me up. And then when I react a certain way, they're like, why are you getting mad? But you knew I was going to get mad. Well, yeah. So why'd you do it? I don't know to see what you do. See, you little pot stirrers, I can't. So anyway, moving on. Um, yeah, breastfeeding was, it was a thing. You know, for my daughter, I couldn't believe that she didn't, like, I had all this milk and she didn't want it. Wow. Start with you, child. Like, and then I was like, maybe it doesn't taste right. So, of course, you know, I tasted it. It was fine. I mean, it was sweet, but it was fine. Nope. She had no interest. And my son was all about, like, where's the boob, woman? Where's the boob? And because he took to it one, two, three. As soon as I held him the first time, he just like turned his head and went, and that was it. He just latched on and he didn't want to let go. And it was like, yep. It's like boys are very different. Katie just, it was just, she would, she would nurse for so long. And it was just like, are you done yet? And then switch her to the other side. And then she'd still be hungry and switch her back. And it's like, come on. She drank a lot, but she just, it wasn't enough for her. I guess it wasn't thick enough for her or whatever, but I don't know. I, I tend to think that the reason why she is at least as functioning as she is, is that she had a lot of that um, to give her immunity to different things, to give her a better start. And I, I like to think that that did help her. It did help her at least maintain where she can function. Something had to have done it. Uh, that was my daughter. I did it for six to seven weeks. And just didn't produce enough for her. Yeah, she just she just wasn't happy. And she was getting a little jaundiced. And they were like, yeah, now she needs more of, I forget what friggin' like minerals or whatever she needed. And they were like, yeah, you're not going to get that in breast milk. Like she's lacking such and such, whatever. And as soon as they switched her to the, the formula, I supplemented with breast milk. But then after a while, she just wanted the, the formula. And it was like, all right. And of course, I'm walking through the damn mall one day with her father, and she wasn't with us. I was all dried up. It was great for like months. I had nothing. And this fucking baby starts crying somewhere like down the down the end of the mall. And I hear it. And we're getting closer. And it's not stopping. And nobody's paying attention. And it was the hungry baby newborn cry. And I was like, give me Give me, give me your jacket. Give me your jacket. Give me your jacket. He was like, oh my God, what happened to you? I was like, just give me. And just very slowly, it just started, the circle started forming. And I was like, I'm like, my milk is coming back down. Like, what the fuck? He was like, that quick? I said, it just stopped like a couple weeks ago. Trust me, it was ready. Like, it's always ready. And he was like, wow. He was, you know, no, don't even, don't, don't go there. Like don't <laughs> don't go there. This was for her, not for you. So that was like mm -mm. that was one kink of his. I was like, nah, you should be ashamed. Stop it. But that's because I told him all his kinks were shameful because I didn't like them. Uh, so today, <laughs> moving right along, since we talked about behaviors yesterday, I wanted to talk about 
narcissism narcissism again today. But I wanted to bring up something that Grimming had actually talked about in a comment. He had mentioned something about envy. And it it stuck with me. And I, I kept like turning the the phrase over in my head. How do I define envy? What do I describe as envy? You know, what do I see as envy? Is envy the same as jealousy? Is it the same as, you know, like um, possessiveness? What does it entail? And he had his take. I had my take. And I think there was a combination of the two of them that made me think, well, who are the main people that we see that use envy to physically go after people? And you said, my dog is so sensitive. She had a phantom pregnancy when my granddaughter was born. Her breasts were all swollen. Oh, I don't know why that reminded me of that. No, I mean, my that was my chance. The one that, you know, just adored me. She couldn't have babies, but she wanted them. And she would have phantom pregnancies. And so she would swell up and then there'd be no babies. And she'd be depressed for like weeks. And so finally, when my mother got pregnant, she was all excited. And they had given her this little poodle that the cops found, and it was a puppy and whatever. And she raised it, but she, as much as she was like connected to it, it wasn't her baby. So when my mother actually brought me home, the first thing that dog did was like mine, like licked me all over. It was, and she never left my side. She never left my the side of my crib. She was always like sitting right underneath my bassinet, right under the blanket, like the curtain. Um, you know, the one that you put around the bassinet. What is it? A uh, skirt. That's what they call it. Not the curtain. It's a skirt. And she would lay under there. And if you came too close and you weren't my mother, she would growl at you because she was like, nobody's touching this baby, but it's mother. And so she was very, very protective of me. She stopped me from, you know, walking into stuff. She stopped my fall when I fell down a flight of stairs. Um, she bit my father when he raised a hand to me. She taught me how to walk. Like she would like pull me with her teeth and I would stand up. I'd hold on to her coat. And she would like slowly stand up with me and then she'd walk nice and slow and I'd walk right next to her. And so like. By 11 months old, I was fully potty trained. I was walking. I was fine. Like I was like your average 18-month-old to two-year-old. But I was 11 months old. And that was because of her. Because she was, you know, I was her baby. So she was very, very protective of me. But, yeah, she had problems with that right up until my mother had me. Even with the puppy that they gave her. It didn't matter. She just kept getting, because she wanted babies so badly. And this wasn't somebody who was, you know, she wasn't a dog that got out much. She wasn't getting nailed or anything. So it was like, ugh. But yeah, that, that was a weird thing. But anyway, so I was thinking about, back to this, um, envy. Now, envy has a lot of definitions and a lot of different things. And everybody at some point feels envy about something. It's just a lot of us... Even though you feel it, you let it go. You don't obsess about it. You don't focus on it. You don't act on it. But there are people in this world who are driven. Everything they do is driven by envy. And that would be the narcissist. Whether overt, covert, malignant, it doesn't matter. Every narcissist experiences 
severe envy. Some of them, it's um, partnered with a type of psychosis. Some, it's with a sense of possessiveness. And some of them just have like this, um, how, do, how do I say this? It's not just the psychosis. It's, it's a compulsion for them. They always want what other people have. And they always want to destroy the people that have it. And then they don't, they wind up realizing they don't really want it anyway. Lady Awesome! Hello, hello. Hey, everyone. Just got up to live. I <laughs> oh, so you made it through the, the period in the lactation. That's great. And the shy cervix. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, I've just been rambling. I mean, it's excellent dialogue. But again, ramble, 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 ramble. And now we're up to, I wanted to talk about malicious envy and the narcissist. Now, according to this dude, Carl Abraham, he was a student of Freud's back in the turn of the 20th century, the early 1900s. And he was a psychoanalyst. And he said that envy is a hostile feeling against the other person associated with the impulse to provide to deprive him or her of what they possess. And I was like, okay, that's kind of wordy for me. So like, how could I like break that down and make it a lot simpler? Envy really is just somebody who looks at somebody else's life and goes, you know what? That's everything I want. And then they evaluate themselves and realize that they don't have what it takes to um, to achieve what that other person has done. So rather than say, okay, maybe I'll set different goals or maybe I'll work on myself. No, they turn around and they resent that person and they target them. And they're like, you know what? The envy tells them, if I can't have it, you can't have it. And what they do is they go, they avidly go against them and try to deprive them of everything that they've achieved. They try to take everything away from them. There are also the narcissists who, instead of taking things away and destroying them, they steal them. And those are like the covert narcissists. They move in and they just take over people's lives. They take over their personas. That's a whole thing we're going to get into. But there are different kinds. But envy always comes down to you have it. I don't. I'm not going to work for it, but I deserve it. So I'm going to take it from you and either keep it or destroy it. Either way, you can't have that. And they'll go about it by any means necessary. Uh, and you said, wait, we got to go back. Uh, lady, awesome set, girl. I made it through two sets of twins breastfeeding. Okay, overachiever. <laughs> I would have loved to have breastfed both my kids, but Katie just, she just wanted more and Connor just wasn't there. My thyroid was so messed up and it took them like a year and a half to figure out what was wrong with me. To figure out that I had Hashimoto's and they would have never figured it out if they hadn't been like, you know what, let's just biopsy the little nodes that are on her thyroid. I had nine of those little, um, they were, they're supposed to be nodules, but they're not supposed to get bigger and smaller, but mine did. And so what they do is they take an ultrasound and they, 
they aspirate every single one of them. So they stick a needle in your neck and they pull out some of the, the tissue and the, the fluid from the nodule and then they analyze it. They did that shit to me nine times in an hour. I was just like, oh, for the look. And no local, no numbing solution, nothing. Like I felt it all. And they were like, good girl, just, you know, keep, I had to have my head like off the bed so that it was just my neck exposed. And it was just so funny because they were like, this isn't right. This isn't right. This is, I was like, somebody want to tell me what the fuck isn't right? Cause I can hear you. You didn't puncture my eardrums, just my throat. And it was just, ah, oh. they're like, yeah. yeah, it was a whole thing. So they eventually figured out I had Hashimoto's and I was like, yeah, I don't know what that means. Well, you have hypothyroidism. Okay. But it has its own disease. doesn't like, that's just what it is. She was like, well, no, Hashimoto's is a little different. You should look into it. Like, you can't just tell me? I can't. Uh, Inya said, if I stop chatting, I can still hear. I have to get caffeine and make it less cold. Okay. Lady Autumn, I can't imagine. You must have nerves of steel. You must have nerves of steel or nipples of steel. That hurt. God, I there are very few pains in my life that I can recall. But that was one of them. That first day when I woke up and my boobs were like rocks, I was just like, oh my God, why do they hurt so much? My grandma's like, yeah, she's like, wait. And then from the constant breastfeeding with Katie, it was like, oh my God, my nipples hurt so bad. Uh, I don't know about nerves of steel. However, I've come to the conclusion that worry is a useless emotion. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. It does nothing but get in the way. So I try not to worry about things. I just do it. That's a very, very good way to live. I just, I couldn't. And I did everything by myself. So, I mean, worry was my constant companion. That's all I had. Uh, so, anyway, so he, that's what he said. So, you know me, I take notes. Uh, targets of narcissistic abuse are often chosen because of the narcissist's intense envy of their life, talent, or status. Narcissistic abusers usually study their target constantly and systematically, methodically doing things to deprive them, their victims, of whatever brings them success, joy, or personal fulfillment. They revel in the destruction and thwarting any actions that could result from the victim's good qualities and more outstanding characteristics. So the better the person is at things, the more the narcissist goes after them. And the more they're like, no, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do that because they're pissed off that this person has all these good attributes and that's why they're succeeding. So they have to take everything away. They have to make it empty. They have to deprive them of any, sense of achievement, any pride, any joy, every single good thing that person has, they need to turn them into a negative and make them either feel unworthy of them or resentful of them. Uh, the things we go through for our children, breastfeeding is an experience for sure. For sure. Cause Lord, ugh. Uh, oh, I'm sorry guys. Apologize for the yawning. A person with positive attributes 
And energy will always be seen as a threat to the narcissistic abuser because they cannot replicate that feeling for themselves. They cannot rise to the occasion and mimic the abilities of the more positive person. It's beyond their known capabilities. Examples would be socially agile people are often isolated away from social circles until the narcissistic abuser can manipulate it to their advantage. Independent socializing is not, a, it's not allowed as the NA will fear them surpassing them in popularity. That was one of the first things that one of my exes did. As soon as he realized that his friends all enjoyed hanging out with me and you know, they found me just as funny as they found him and whatever. He felt so threatened, so threatened. And he was like, you know, oh, my friends don't really like you. They're just being nice to you for me. Bitch. <laughs> we grew up in the same town. I know these people too, you know. They're not just your friends. But no, to him, they were his friends. They weren't allowed to be my friends. We couldn't share. It didn't matter that we grew up in the same place. It didn't matter we grew up around the same people. It didn't matter. He claimed those people. Those were his people. And it, they gave him status. They they deferred to him. When they needed things done. Oh, excuse me. I'm going to keep yawning because I'm drinking coffee. I don't know why coffee makes me yawn. It wakes up my brain, but then the rest of me is like, nah, bitch, we want to sleep. So let's get through this. Uh, yeah, so the like one of the first things he did was make sure that I knew those were his friends and they were off limits. And I misstepped once and I didn't realize it, it was that it was going to be such a big deal. But he went down the shore with the boys for the weekend. I was not asked if it was okay, he didn't want my opinion. He told me, I'm going down the shore with Mickey and, da -da 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 and this one and that one and that one and that one. We're all going. The girls are staying behind. Don't beep us because we all had beepers. And don't call the hotel. And I was like, okay. Like, it irritated me that he was issuing me these orders, but it was like, what am I going to do? You know, 20 three years old. I'm not engaged to this dude. I, I have no right to tell him what the fuck to do. So I was like, all right, have fun. And he was like, you mean that? Yeah, have fun. Just be, can you be careful? Yeah, all right, babe. No problem. Don't miss me too much. Okay. And he went. He left on like a Friday afternoon. He wasn't coming back till late Sunday night, maybe early Monday morning. All right, I lived with my grandmother, I had my kid. I was like, all right, so I'm just going to have a weekend to myself. Well, apparently not, because the girls all decided, fuck them. We're going to the beach on Saturday. Okay. They called me up Friday night after the boys all left, and they were like, yeah, we want to go to the beach. They're going to this city. We're going to go this. And I was like, all right, I have beach passes for Manasquan, though, so why don't we all just go there? Because that's where my aunt's house was. And they were like, oh, good. We don't have to pay. That's great. So we all went there. We had a great day on the beach. We went. We had like, you know, um, we had ice cream on the boardwalk. We had like pretzels. We had a great time. 
you know, we were all swimming. We all got tans. I got like neon color. I think that was the worst burn I've ever had ever in life because 22 years old, what do you put on? Not suntan lotion. You, you don't put on sunblock. You put on Tropic of Cancer, which is aptly fucking named. But it was like, uh, what was it? Was it Tropic of Cancer? No. Hawaiian Tropics or some bullshit like that. I don't know. But yeah, that's what you put on. And it was oil. Because, you know, what else did you put on? Yeah, you put oil on your skin when you're going sunbathing. <laughs> it's like, okay, let me just go fry myself in the sun for 12 hours. You know, no problem. Because we got there at like nine in the morning. We were all set up. We had our stuff out and we didn't leave till the sun went down. And when we got home in the car, Tara was like, Shell, I can see you glowing. I was like, shut up. I am so cold right now. She was like, why are you cold? I was like, I'm so cold. And they were like, oh my God, you're on fire. And it was just, it was hilarious. So like we went back to our house and like they did the whole Noxzema thing for me. So I had like, you know, these girls rubbing this damn Noxzema all over me. And I, I'm like, I'm going to go home. No, 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 no. We're going to go to this chick's house. There was a girl that we knew that she owned, her family owned the converted firehouse. So behind the firehouse, there was like a picnic area and everything that they had built. And she was like, come on. She was like, yeah, we're going to go. We're going to have a barbecue. You know, we could stay out there. We could drink till late, whatever. All right, sure. No problem. Because it's just us girls, right? Mm-hmm. Except that none of us called our houses to find out if we had any messages. And we had so much fun, we forgot about the dudes. And I didn't have my beeper on me because I was wearing a bathing suit. And, you know, I had on a bathing suit, shorts, tank top. Where was I putting this beeper? Because I didn't want it to get, you know, like lose it in the ocean, lose it in the beach. It was in the bottom of my purse. And Tara was like, she comes over, she goes, did, did you check your beeper? No, why? Mind you, it's like 12 o'clock at night. We are all now completely sauced. We're eating our hamburgers and hot dogs and whatever. We're playing cards. That's all we were doing. Just playing cards at the picnic table at the girl's house. Her parents were there. And I, I opened my purse, take the thing out. Eight. 18 messages i was like oh fuck my life i was like i'm in so much trouble i called my house i was like grandma i know it's late but do i have any messages and she was like mm-hmm. she was like he called every 15 minutes for like three hours i was like when did he stop she was like oh about 10 o'clock because i told him i was going to bed i was like oh, okay when did he start she's like oh about 6 30 7 o'clock Okay, she was like, he didn't sound happy, Michelle. I was like, <laughs> sure he didn't. I look at her. She was like, yeah. She was like, M Mickey called my parents. And my father was like, oh, she went down the shore. And he was like, she did what? I was like, great, we're all in trouble. You know, those boys came home mad. They were mad. And I was like, but why are you mad at me? I was like, you told me not to bother you. You told me to have a good weekend. It was just us girls. How dare you? How could you go and do that? 
Dude, it's not like we went to the like a bordello or something. Like we went to the beach. It was look at me. I'm fried. Hello. Like he didn't care. He was just like, no, 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 no. You bitches, you you're a bunch of whores. And da, da, da. oh my God. I paid for that for like weeks. For weeks. Anything he wanted, he was like, You still owe me. You still owe me. Why do I owe you? That's what I didn't understand. But why? Why did and just not to rock the boat? I was like, all right, fine. Like whatever you want, whatever you want, because I didn't want him to be mad. He was always mad at me then, and it was like, but why are you mad? Like you told me to have fun. I didn't do anything wrong. I went out with your friends' girlfriends. That's just it. They're my friends. I said, oh, so I should have gone out with what? My friends? No, like that. That sent him into a panic. Because my friends didn't like them. So it was like, that's the whole dynamic. It's the, I need to control every single little fucking thing you do. And it's enough to drive you crazy. Uh, Lady Awesome said, oh my God, the worst burn I got was when I put on carrot oil. Girl, stop. (laughs) I was in my early 20s. That's when I learned to read labels. It clearly said, do not put on unless you have been exposed to sun regularly first time i got burned usually i just tan not that time i even peeled that time that that was by far the worst i'd ever been i not only peeled before i peeled i blistered everywhere just these little water blisters underneath the skin that my grandma was like what the hell she goes, just let me just let me touch it with the paper towel. All she did was just very lightly touch it, and they just all and that was it. I was just raw skin underneath. I was oh my god, I cried so bad. And he was like, see, that's what you get. No sympathy. No, oh babe, do you want me to, you know, like do this? Do you want to uh, take a cold shower? You want to go in the pool? You want to go in the what? And nothing. It was see, that's what you get. Your ass should have stayed home. I was like, really? That that's all the fucking sympathy I get? That's all your compassion. Should have done what I told you. You didn't tell me not to go out. You told me to have fun. I did what you told me to do. I had fun right up until you threw your temper tantrum. That just started a whole fucking thing. After that, I was like, you know, I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut. It's like, all right, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm wrong. And that's where the train really started. Because he showed me his worst face, belittling me, insulting me, telling me I I was a whore for going out and how the fuck should I do that? How can I trust you? And that I went out with your friend. They're my friend. Okay. Even his friends were like, Bill, calm the fuck down. Like, it's not that big a deal. The only one that was upset like him was Mickey. And, you know, Mickey and Tara didn't last either, so... There's that. Yeah, that's a little coinky thing because we didn't last either. Because at some point when you piss me off enough, I'm not going to listen to you anymore. I will listen as long as you make sense and as long as you're fair. If you're not fair, why the hell should I listen to you? You're proven to me I can't trust you. Uh, And you said, I had friends, family that wanted to be tan. My face has always just turned red. Yep. I get freckles. Uh, My body might tan eventually, but even now 
I am twinsies with <laughs> nothing bad, but that's my face. No, I, I do. I, I don't have the olive skin that my family has. They all have that rich olive skin that instantly turns into a golden fucking tan. I just turn lobster red. So fucking red. You, you can't, you can't imagine how bad it is. I gotta see if I, I know I have something somewhere. I just don't know. But um, let's see if I find it. Because I know I have it. Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. But I'm looking for a particular picture. Which, of course, I can't freaking find. Anyway, I'm not going to look. For, I'm not going to search for it now. I have pics for vid. What is that? Is it in there? I have so many. I have folders within folders within folders within folders, like within more folders. And then the, just for shits and giggles, here's another folder. Like, oh, okay. Oh, there it is. Uh, let's see. I don't want to show you guys like everything. Uh, present share screen. Come on. Uh, there you go. That's me being all like, and that's not even the bad one. That was just me, like, in my 30s, like, my late 30s. I'm like, oh, my God, look at me. Look what happened to me. And that's from where I was wearing sunscreen that was, like, 75. And I still got that friggin'. And that was just the first. It hurt so bad. So bad. You have no idea. Oh, my God. I hated it. And my poor, my poor daughter, she was like, do you need help? I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I couldn't let her do it. Connor had to do it, but I had to get redneck from Jersey. Red everything. Oh my God. My chest. You could cook an egg on my friggin' skin. Oh my God. It was horrible. But thing is, like, my whole body was red. My face was red. But then I had like nine million freckles. Because the minute the sun hits my skin, I can feel the freckles going boop, 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 like just popping out. And that's why they always used to let him call me like the Irish grandbaby, even though I have no Irish. Well, I've had Irish in me, but I have no Irish blood in me at all. Like no Irish. De- I'm not Irish. So it's just, there's no Irish to me. And yet I have the green eyes and the light skin and the freckles and the copper in my hair. You know, So it's just, I don't have red hair. I'm not a redhead, but I do have like a lot of, copper that runs through you would never know it now because i dye it so much but yeah no it was it was bad it was so bad and it's just it's terrible when you're that fair skinned like when i look for makeup it's like okay i just i go right to the beginning of the line they're like oh no that's too light no that's that's my color that says ultra fair yeah that'd be me like that'd be me at some point i'm just gonna be like saran wrap i'm gonna be see-through I guess whatever. I love saying I'm not white and I'm just, I get whiter every fucking year. Never fails. 
my daughter has a mix of mine and her Chaclaw side. When she's in the sun enough, she looks Mexican. Nice. Very nice. That's both my kids. They have that friggin' Tanao Indian and that Puerto Rican. And they wound up like my daughter wound up with like the really like she tans. She's just this beautiful golden color. My son will tan, but he doesn't tan like she does. He has a thing where his hair gets much, much lighter. And like his eyes brighten, his skin, you know, like it takes on a really healthy glow and whatever. And he just looks so much healthier with the tan. Not me. No. It's just lobster from beginning to end. And it doesn't result in a tan at all. It did when I was younger. Now, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. My skin's like, just no, we're going to go right from red right back to white. We're fine. We're happy. We don't need to look tan. I actually worked with the girl. This is the girl that I said I hope she fell and broke her face. I can't stand her. <sighs> she has this love affair with the sun. So she spends the entire summer down the shore at her parents' house on the beach getting tan. And she came in one day before school started. And this is when, you know, she thought we were friends or whatever. Or, well, I thought we were friends. Apparently, we weren't. And she came in to say something to me. And I turned and I screamed so loud because I didn't know it was her. She was so dark. She looked like somebody had taken leather and replaced all her skin with like this dark brown, really dry looking leather. And I was just like, oh my God. And I'm trying to like not because I was shaking. And I'm looking at her like, oh my God, that's gonna hurt. And she was like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm gonna do when this goes away. Like I feel so pretty right now. I was like, oh Jesus Christ. When she left, I looked at my the teacher that I was with. She I said, what the fuck was that? She said, was that her skin? I was like, oh my God, yes, what the fuck? Because this girl is light colored. She's blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, the light skin. She came in with like, I was like, she looks like Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, what the fuck? It was horrible. I was like, does she realize how ugly she's going to be by the time she's like uh, 35? Apparently she didn't. Because she was in her like late 20s at that point or maybe early, early 30s like 31, 32. And by the time I left, she was almost 40. She didn't look good. Like her skin was old. She had wrinkles and like, she had all these like sunspots all over. And I was like, bitch, that's what you get <laughs> for freaking roasting yourself for three months every year. What the hell? Who does that? And her whole body was like that. It was all like really, really, really dark. And it was disgusting. And I just couldn't get past it. I was like, I don't like, she always was, no, men don't want me. No, because you look like friggin' Leatherface. Oh my God. Like, who the hell would want you? Did they know if they touch you, you're going to crack? Like, it's no, like, you could physically hear her skin move. Like, it was, oh, oh, no. Mm -mm. That was one thing. My health teacher. She gave us the whole sun lecture in high school, Miss Ferrara. And she's talking to everybody. And I mean, I come, you know, from a high school, my public high school was every 
walk of life. So we had, you know, Indian, Puerto Rican, Cuban, black, white, Italian, Irish, you know, like all these different, like Filipino, uh, Hawaiian. We had, oh God, what were the other ones? I don't know. We had like every, every shade of person you could have, we had. And so she's doing this health class about sun damage. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're all just like, I'm not really paying attention. I'm doodling on my fucking, you know, notebook because it was boring. And she goes, you're going to have beautiful skin when you're 80. And we're all just like, who's she talking? And she's pointing at me. And I was like, "Uh, okay, why? She said, because you don't worship the sun. I said, no, the sun doesn't like me. She said, yeah, but you're not going to, you're not going to wrinkle. And I was like, okay. She's like, you won't. She said, your skin just will not get that tough, leathery look. And I was thinking, oh my God, that's so awesome because my mother has that look. Like my mother has the the harsh skin. My grandfather had the harsh, porous, you know, like very wrinkled skin. My grandmother didn't though. And my grandmother always wore sunscreen. You know, my great grandmother didn't. She never went out in the sun without like something on her head. She always had the big hat and whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, that's the skin I'm going to wind up with. And sure as shit, I'm almost 50 years old. I have no wrinkles. I love my skin. Love it. But the, just the thought of being like Leatherface. Oh, no, I can't. Uh, and you said, my son's dad has a lot of Welsh. Oof. I'm not sure what he winds up with. <laughs> He's pretty fair, though. Yeah, I would think so. The Welsh almost never see the goddamn sun. And I haven't let him get burned yet. He'll do it as a teen, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They all do. Because they all know everything. And you said, bah, ha, ha, I'm dead. <laughs> she did. It was terrifying. Oh, my God. I worked with the lady that moved to Arkansas from Michigan. I was taking her son to the pool and asked if she had sunscreen or I could use mine. She was adamant that he didn't need it because they were black. Black people burn. I don't know if anybody knows that, but, yeah, they do. Uh, he burned even after me telling her that he would. I was young though, so I didn't insist. It was only a few hours and I took him home. We both learned that it doesn't matter the color of your skin. The sun will burn you. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. We went to great adventure. I was, this was right before I got pregnant with Katie. So I was 20 years old. My friend Vicky was 20. And we went, it was me, her, Miguel, and Frankie. And we went to Great Adventure, the Six Flags in New Jersey. And we were just walking around the whole day and we're fine. And, you know, the sun was out, but it wasn't too bad or whatever. And by the time we got to my car at the end of the day, I was like, oh my God, like I'm I'm already, like my back is stiff because I could feel how burned it was through the t-shirt that I was wearing. And she was like, bitch, I'm burned. I was like, what do you mean you're burned? She goes, I'm burned. Look at me. She was like, oh, my God, it hurts. And I looked at her arms and you could see like a reddish. I said, bitch, you are black. How did you burn? She was like, it's a first for me. too." She was like, I didn't know that I could. And I'm not black. I'm Spanish. I was like, bitch, you're black. I don't want to hear it. I was like, stop. Like, look at yours. Get your blood. She's like, maybe that's why I burned because I'm not black. I'm just really brown. Oh. I'm not having this argument with you. We used to have that argument all the fucking time. But she did. She burned. And when we went home, she told her mother. And she was like, 
but I'm not supposed to burn. And she was like, who said that? She said, well, you know, we're dark. We're just, you know, we're not going to get darker. She was like, <laughs> yeah, we can. She, was like, she goes, we go from brown to dark brown. She was like, no, you can burn. She was like, and you're gonna. She was like, and because, you know, the skin is dark, when you start to peel, it's going to look really gross. I was like, oh, she was like, I've never peeled. What is that like? I was like, well, I said, it doesn't look good on me and I'm white. It blends in. I was like, but on you, it's going to look like, you know, like you're scaling. And she like, I'm what? I was like, you know, like when a, a snake and I, I felt so bad telling her, but I, I was trying not to laugh at the same time. I was like, you know, when a, a snake sheds its skin, she was like, are you saying that I'm a snake? I was like, no, but you know how like it, it peels a little bit in little areas on the scales yeah no that's what you're gonna look like for a while (laughs) i was like it's fine i don't mind peeling skin i'll sit there and i'll peel all your skin off she was like you're not touching my skin that was like a thing in my house i don't know it was some weird fascination if you could get like it was almost like taking the taking like the um the label off the pepsi bottle or something in one go you're like oh my god i'm peeling look 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 that's a good piece and you like sit there and you try to get like the whole piece and try not to break it. Because those little ones were really annoying. I was like, oh man, I'm constantly peeling this shit off. But yeah, we'd peel like a giant thing of skin. I I, I was fascinated by it because I'd like hold it up and be like, oh my God, look at all the little like, you know, the lines from your skin. And it's like, yeah, that's why you have fingerprints. Blah, blah, blah. It was cool. I mean, that's what it was. I never looked at it like that before, but imagine you're holding a layer of your own skin in your hand. You're, you get to look at it. That's fascinating. Just me. Oh, well, I never said I was normal. Never. Not once. In fact, I'm pretty sure I said the opposite. All right. So, um, uh, <laughs> independent socializing is not allowed as the NA will, um, fear them surpassing them in popularity. And that's the problem. They're like, no, my friends are going to like you more than they like me. Yeah, because I have a lot more to offer than you do. And they know it. That's the thing. They know that they're lacking. And they know that you have something that they just don't possess. So they don't want to share you. One, because you belong to them. And two, because somebody else might say, oh, they're really cool. I really like them. I like them more than I like him. I'm going to hang out with her instead of him. And then they lose what little ground they had. They feel like everything's being taken away from them. Um, to these people, the world just, it's not big enough. It's just not. Like, there can't be two people in this world who do the same thing or who have the same friends. Like, I, the world's not big enough, so you got to go. You either need to be stopped, put back in your place, or you need to go. Like, I need to get rid of you. Because there's just... It's like if anybody ever saw Hamilton. It's Aaron Burr. He said, you know, the world was wide enough. Why didn't I just let him be? Why did I take everything he did as a personal attack on me? It wasn't meant that way, but that's how I took it. And that's why they dueled. And that's why he died. You know, that's why he... That's why Hamilton died. That's why Aaron Burr killed him. You know, because he just, he took it too far. You know, there's the whole, you know, we can exist together. I don't, I don't understand that whole mentality. I'm competitive. I'm not that competitive. 
I don't need the whole world to be mine. I'm happy with the handful of people who just really like to be around me. That's great. You know, that's enough for me. But it, even that's too much for a narcissist. You know, that's too much for them to handle. Oh my God, there's two people who don't talk to me anywhere because they like her better. What? Like, that's stupid. But that, that's how the guys here were. That's how it always has been. And it's just with the narcissist, they don't, I don't understand the mentality of owning people. I mean, yeah, I call people mine all the time. I'm like, oh, my boys or whatever. Nobody messes with my boys. And, you know, oh, look, it's my ladies, my gorgeous ladies. But I do that as a, a sign of affection. I'm not doing it as a sign of possession. You don't belong to me. You're free to talk to whoever you want. You're free to go wherever you want. I encourage you to be friends with everybody. I don't like sides. This whole thought of sides is ridiculous to me. The world really is a big place. You know, you can go through your whole life without ever running into that person again. And if you do, why can't you just be cordial? Why can't you be, you know, like civil? I don't get the animosity. I guess I just, I don't burn that hot anymore. You know, I just, I don't. I don't have the energy to deal with other people's bullshit. Like, oh, you're succeeding? Good for you. More power to you. Oh, you did all this to succeed? That's great. I don't want to. What? You know, if you ask me, I've, I've said that many times in the last year. They're like, oh, yeah, well, you could. Da, da, da. Yeah, I, I could do all that, but I don't want to. Well, then you're not going to. Well, then I'm not going to do that, but I just don't want to. Like, it's not that big a deal for me. I'm good where I'm at. You know, it'll happen when it happens. If it doesn't happen, it wasn't meant to happen. Like, I'm I'm not going to kill myself to get it done. I'm not going to step on other people to do it. That's just not who I am. And the thing with the narcissist is their principles are not steady. Their principles are for show. They pull them out and go, look, I have principles, but they don't follow them. I'm very much a person who follows my principles. And if I have to go against them, it bothers me. Because like who I am is, it's very set in stone for me. When I give my word, I give my word. I'm not going to tell you, oh, I promise you this and then flake off. No, if I'm going to do something or if I promise you I won't do something, then you could take it to the bank. I don't make promises I don't intend to keep. That's why I stayed in my marriage as long as I did. Because I promised. I promised him. I promised God. I promised everybody that I would see this through. And as long as I was the only one getting beat up, I would have seen it through probably till the day I died. But he hit Katie. And that wasn't going to fucking happen. My promise was to her first. She takes precedence. She takes priority. Fuck you. Like, and that was the step that he didn't, he didn't see coming. Cause he figured he had me, he had me under his thumb. He was living rent free in a beautiful apartment with a brand new car. And, you know, he had the, he had the quote unquote wife at home, even though we were divorced, I was still cooking for him, doing his laundry, you know, doing whatever the hell he wanted to do. He had the kid, he had the girlfriend, he had, you know, 
he had this easy peasy fucking life he thought that was it like she's letting me live this life i'm gonna do it as long as i can he figured he could do it the rest of his life but he crossed the line everybody's got a breaking point and i have different breaking points but once i'm there and i decide to shut that door you're fucked because you ain't never getting back in I might say, hi, how are you? I'll hold a conversation, but <laughs> anything good in my life, you don't, you don't get to partake in that at all. At all. And if you get snotty with me or you think you're getting cute, I will put you right in your place. Don't fuck with me. But my ex-husband learned eventually. Um, so that just wouldn't be big enough. Yeah, the world isn't big enough for what the narcissist sees as competition. Envy motivates the narcissistic abuser to dominate their target so they can either control or destroy them. The amount of control over the target is a demonstration of what they believe to be their personal prowess and power. You know, like they're, oh, look, look at the control I got over this bitch. That's how good I am. I'm a man. I'm a man. You know, you turn around, women do it too. Oh, I'm such a, I'm so feminine. I'm, I have such power over him. He'd do anything for me just to keep me happy. Look at Amber Heard. She thought she was the most powerful bitch because she had Johnny Depp jumping through hoops for her. Yep. Until he didn't. Until he saw what she was. That's the problem. Once you see what they are, you can't unsee it. You can't go back. You know, sometimes you try. You try to make it work. And every time you know, you go, you go in it knowing this is not going to work. I'm going to give it a try. Nobody can say I didn't try. You know, some do it for the kids. Some do it for the optics because... Maybe their families are really close or, you know, nobody wants to see them break up or whatever. Any number of reasons could keep you going back. But once you hit that point, no, you're, you're done. And then you're just calling it in after that. You're just like, this is just a token kind of thing. I think women tend to be more sneaky about it. And they tend to just brag to their friends about, oh, yeah, I got him to do this. Or, girl, he's not going to tell me what to do. I don't, he knows I don't need him. He knows I could leave at any time. See, he will let me do whatever I want because he wants me to stick around. It's a thing for them. Men, they don't, I don't think they brag about it because they tend to, um, they tend to want to keep it under wraps because they want to look like the good guy. Women tend to boast more. They do. They're big mouths. Uh, what did I write? I wrote Amber Heard and JD. She deprived him of his detox drugs, if you remember. Remember when he was detoxing? And he had all these people willing to take care of him. But what did she do? No, it has to be me. I have to take care of him. And then she turned around and said, oh, you said you wanted it to be me. Well, of course, you're his girlfriend. You're his girl. He wants you, you know, to help him. But he also said, I don't think you can handle this. But she swore she could. And so what did she do? Here we go. She detoxed him. She deprived him of his detox drugs to hurt him. 
control him and show her complete domination of him. She was envious that he had people to care for him. So she took the position so she could deny him relief and comfort. She could make him feel absolutely helpless and then later use it against him to humiliate him further. He wasn't allowed to feel anything good or bad unless she was the reason or the facilitator. Why? We all know why. To show that she could. Because she believed that she could. And because she believed he was lower than her, so he should just take it. And that's all he could do in that position. He was so weakened and so dependent on the pills that he had been taking, the drugs he had been taking, that, yeah, he depended on her to relieve him, to give him that at a certain time. And with the caveat that if he needed it like a half hour, an hour earlier, that was okay. That was doctor approved. She said, no. You said such and such time. I'll give them it. Do you remember hearing the recordings of what he said? The, uh, like he was in pain. He was begging her. Begging her. He sounded like a wounded animal. And she still was like, nope. How cold hearted could you be? The man you say you love is in pain in front of you and you're just like no 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 well i guess you're not gonna do those drugs again are you like just being all quippy and shit like he's in the worst pain of his life right now he's in agony you're torturing him you're denying him the one thing that'll bring him relief and then when he doesn't make it through detox you blame him How's that work? How did anybody look at that and not punch this bitch right in her face? As his doctor, I would have punched this bitch in her face. How dare you? How dare you be so cruel to anyone? Let alone your man. That is your man. He took you to a goddamn island so that he could detox. Where he wouldn't bother anybody because he knew he was going to be in a sorry state. He knew he didn't want you there because he knew it was going to be a burden. He knew it was going to be gross. He'd likely be sweaty and icky and throw up and maybe have diarrhea and whatever. And he was going to be nasty and he was going to say horrible things because the drugs were in control. You know, he gave her all those outs. No, I have to do. I want to do this for you. No, she didn't. She didn't want to do that for him. She wanted to witness him go through the horror that he went through. And she reveled in it. God, I hate that bitch. The cruelty they inflict actually gives them a huge ego boost. And that's what she did. If you remember in the court when they talked about that, you remember her face? That fucking smirk? That (laughs) That was when she was sitting kind of crooked. With her crooked tits and her crooked cheek implants. And she's just like with her arms crossed. And she's "Hmm," with that smirk. Like, oh yeah, I remember he was a piece of shit. He looked like crap. He smelled like crap. Guess guess what? No, I wasn't going to give him the pills. Mm -mm. She was proud of that. 
That was a feather in her cap that she was able to reduce him to begging her for help. Begged her. He cried. The man was almost 50 years old. Or he was 50 years old. And she put him through that. That kind of pain, that could have killed him. That easily could have killed him. He could have went into cardiac arrest. His blood pressure could have went through. He could have stroked out. She didn't care. She didn't give a shit. She enjoyed watching him go through the pain. And she enjoyed denying him any relief from it. And she made sure that he knew that his... um, his comfort levels, his safety was in her hands. Then you said she also wanted control. Yeah, she was probably scared if he got away from her for long enough, he would get better and it wouldn't be her doing. You know, she had to be able to say, oh, well, yeah, he's off drugs. It was really hard for me, but, you know, I got him through it. Because, you know, she said that, you know, she took complete credit for his work that he did. Like, oh, yeah, it was really, it was a hard struggle, but I didn't give up. I wouldn't leave him like that. Like, I was always there for him. Manipulative cunt rag. Anyway. La, 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 la. I, really, I really don't like her. Uh, covert narcissists feel envy to such an extent that they literally move into their victim's world and steal their identities. They lack the capability to make connections and achievements on their own to get where they believe they deserve to be. So they target the people who can not only get them in the door, but can hoist them up for everybody to see and admire. Hold on one second. Hello. I don't know why they got to ask me questions when I'm doing a show by myself. <laughs> I love you. Hey, you just said whatever. That was not nice. Uh, he's still, still talking. He's still talking. Children. Whatever. God. You know, sometimes I wonder. They, they have no respect for anybody else's time but their own. Uh, so they target where they can to hoist them up for everybody to see okay so they want that position and status so bad that they will do anything hurt anyone and say anything to get it anything other than earning it and that was one of the things that really stuck out to me like they will jump into somebody's life they'll take over But they'll pick somebody who can hold them up and go, look, look, look. Somebody who already has status. Somebody who's already admired. So what they do is they mimic them. They become just like them. They're like, look at us. We're together. We're two peas in a pod. You know, I'm just like you. You're just like me. And then everybody goes, oh, my God, look, they're the perfect couple. They're the perfect this. Uh, And then everybody else starts to envy them. That's, of course, what the narcissist wants. The narcissist wants them to be the power couple but that's only 
until they're accepted as a couple and they could start to switch the narrative. Um, this need to take over other people's lives stems from a combination of envy, rivalry, and psychosis. Oh, I love that. I even wrote to make it simple. So to make it simple, malicious envy is the desire to destroy a person simply because they're superior to you, the narcissist. Um, maybe the target is smarter, funnier, more popular, more social, more interesting, or a better conversationalist. If they're superior to the narcissist in any way that is important to the narcissist, they become enemy number one. So they deserve to be attacked and decimated. And I'm not even being hyperbolic. They honestly feel this is a person I need to get in their life. I need to get what they have. And I need to utterly decimate them. And they'll start small and work their way up. Um, these type of people, these type of malicious, this, this malicious envy pushes the narcissist to an extreme you wouldn't really think a, a person capable of. This is something where they would be happy to push their victim to the point of unaliving themselves. And I think we all know that that's where, you know, we believe A.H. and Johnny were headed. She would have been perfectly happy with him unaliving himself, I believe. That's my honest opinion. I think that she would have been very happy if he was gone. And if he did it to himself. And then she could be, oh, I did everything in my power. I was always there for him. And he'd be gone and her narrative would be the only one. Her narrative would be the only one that anybody listened to because he'd be gone. And she'd get to play the grieving widow or the, you know, like abused ex-spouse or whatever. Um... And the thing about it is like these people who push everybody to extremes, they feel zero remorse. None. These people are sadists. These narcissists, they're sadists. They enjoy inflicting the pain. In fact, the more pain they can inflict, the better they feel about themselves. Um, the self-delusion of the narcissistic abuser regarding their own superiority and entitlement is staggering. Any threats to um, any threats to unveiling reality will be met with immediate harsh consequences. You see what I did there? Uh, the fantasy must always survive unblemished. Exploring their options on how to best control and destroy their target often ends in them choosing to initiate an intimate relationship with them. They know that by sharing intimacy with the person that they envy the most, the person whose life they want to take over, they'll have better access to them, a deeper supply of both their energy and ammunition, as well as a heightened level of forgiveness. And that's when you start to hear things like, if you love me, you'll forgive me. If you really love me, you'd give me another chance. Uh, we have to be totally honest with each other, even if we're embarrassed, it's the only way to be close to one another. I need your complete honesty. That sentence is almost always in there. I need you to always be honest with me. Notice they don't say they're going to be honest with you. 
they tell you, you need to be honest with me. It's important to me. Of course, it's important to you because you want all the information. I'm sorry, I took that a little personal. Anyway, <laughs> next one. I know you're busy, but I mean, are you too tired and busy to do these little things for me? I mean, you say you love me, but you're not really showing it. I don't, I don't know how much I can believe you now. And that, that it wears on you. That kind of, oh my God, he doesn't think I love him or she doesn't think I love her. Well, I mean, I, all right. Like I only have like an hour and I really want to do this thing for myself, but all right, like I'll, I won't do what I want to do. I'll do what they want me to do. And you start twisting yourself into knots and bending over backwards and doing all these things. And it's never enough. It's never enough. If you give a hundred, they want 200. You give a thousand, they want 2000. And it's always a constant escalation until they have drained you dry of everything. Your energy, your finances, your resources, your friends, your family. They have stolen everything. I love this one. Don't you want me to be happy? Why do you want me to fail? I mean, does it give you a sick thrill or something to see me fail? That right there is projection. That right there is a perfect example of projection. They want you to fail. So in order to get you to do what they need to do so they don't look bad, they turn around and say, oh, you want me to fail. Does it give you a sick thrill? No, it's because they get the sick thrill when you fail. Um, they tend to be, well, coverts tend to be more cunning and psychopathic in their thinking and actions. They work like a slow-moving poison, taking their time to not only destroy their victim, but to take over their entire lives. They move deliberately slowly so that they're sure of their success and new circumstances. They set the landscape and they act out their fantasy as if it's the only reality. Everybody else is crazy. Only what they see and say and know and do and think, that's real. Everybody else is just, you know, they're just imagining things. Or they're out to get them. Everybody else is so jealous of me. Like, whatever. Uh, envy pushes the narcissistic abusers to steal their target's ideas, friends, mannerisms, phrases, and personas. The false persona that they always have usually begins in childhood as they feel inferior or wrong as kids. Like, they don't fit in. So instead of like doing things like to just have friends that are like them, they turn into other people. They pick a group that they want to be a part of and they change themselves like chameleons to be like them. And so eventually they rule that whole, that whole clique. And that's how they move through life. They move through life trying to become the queen of that clique, you know, or the king of that little group uh they have to win at everything there's there's no way there is no way they could lose they're so competitive everything is a contest everything is a contest they create enemies in their head you know how they say oh i have haters i know so many bitches that are on instagram all the freaking time they're like to all the haters out there who are hating on me nobody's hating on you nobody cares like, I know our group of friends. Nobody gives a shit. 
<laughs> Nobody cares you got your mail. In fact, we think your man is ugly as hell, but good luck. Like, but they they think, oh, everybody wants what's mine. Everybody wants to take what's mine. Everybody's hating on me. Who's hating on you? Tell me. Just when I had a friend I worked with every day, she was like, these motherfuckers out here all hating on me, wanting what I got. Is it not enough? See, but what do you got? Just tell me. What do you got that they want? Everything. Who's they? The haters. What? Just name one. Just name one. Well, you wouldn't know them. I'll find them. Point the bitch out to me. Go ahead. Show me. Show me. You got Instagram. I'm on your Instagram. Show me. Show me one comment on that picture that you say they're hating on you. Like, all I see is likes. Everybody's saying, hey, you go, girl. Like, you queen. So show me the person who's hating on you. She doesn't like me. She said you look beautiful. Yeah, but she was just saying that just, you know, so other people think she's good. Oh, okay. All right. So she's just a piece of shit. Well, yeah, of course. Oh, okay. All right. I never understood it. I never understood it. They just make it up in their head. And it's true to them. It's absolutely 100% true. Uh, and you said, I have a bad habit of mirroring people around me. I've been trying to figure out why and stop doing it. I don't even realize it for a long time. It's called adaptation. It's when you're trying to please somebody. Um, if you have a hard time fitting in, if you, if you feel like the odd duck, you pick somebody and you mirror them so that you have somebody who has something in common Somebody who's going to, you know, come and talk to you and treat you like, you know, you're, you know, part of the the group. And, you know, they've already been accepted like that personality type is accepted, but you're not entirely sure. Maybe sometimes that yours will be. So if they accepted her, if I act more like her, I'll fit in better. Because, you know, it already worked for her. I think I was so disassociated from the alcohol and depression that was the only way I could survive yeah you just you you pick up the habits of the people around you and the personas of the people around you so that everything's okay nothing to see here you know you look at them especially when you have like any type of substance problem you know that you can act you know you can act out you can act in ways that people can get uncomfortable but if you see the way somebody acts and everybody likes them, you're like, if I just have to act like that and nobody's going to realize that I have issues going on here. It makes you pass. You pass the test. You pass the normalcy test. When you feel absolutely abnormal inside, if you can mirror somebody who appears to be what everybody likes, then you're one up. You're able to mask what you're trying to keep inside. At least that's my take on it. That's what I always thought about people because I've done it. I've done it many times. When I'm at my most uncomfortable, I will go with the flock. I will ride along with them until I feel comfortable. And I'm like, nah, time to take the, this sheep shit off. I can't, I can't do it because I'm too loud for this bullshit. But I have to establish myself first. I have to feel comfortable like I'm not going to be immediately kicked out. Uh, they create enemies in their mind, openly attack them in both subtle and super obvious ways. They won't stop until they 
own every aspect of their victim's life. Oh, honey, I love you, Inya. You know I'm always giving you hugs. Just, just assume that whatever I'm doing, I'm hugging you. Um, denial, both outwardly and internally, is the narcissistic abuser's best friend. It brings them protection and comfort no matter what's happening in reality. Their denial enables the fantasy, the fantasy world to continue. Uh, one check mark in the diagnosis of narcissistic personality disorder is that the narcissist um, truly believes that the world is envious of them and people around them are copying and stealing from them rather than vice versa. Their sense of superiority is the only truth and everyone else hates them for it and they're trying to sabotage them. The projection is that Oh my God, I'm, everybody's trying to take advantage of me. Everybody's trying to steal from me. They're taking my ideas. They're talking about me. They hate me. They this, when they're the ones doing it. So projection helps the narcissistic abuser because it solidifies the fantasy. It moves it from being within to without. You know, they use it to cast themselves in this movie of life. And what they do is they project themselves as the victim they're all they're always the underdog they're always the i'm trying so hard i'm so i'm so honest i'm so you know trustworthy and they're not um fantasy is now reality for them and the only truth that they'll accept is the one that they contrived in their own head the one that they manufactured they'll also only allow people around them who are going to enable them in that fantasy so their inner circle is going to be full of people who hold up the narrative that they're pushing forward. People who are either too afraid of them because they don't want to become their target or people with the exact same problems who are like, you know what? We'll let this bitch get ahead and we'll see where we can get with her and we'll sponge off of her. So all they have to do is feed her ego and they get like tons of stuff for free. Look at Amber Heard and her friends. Horrible people. But they lived in the lap of luxury for years Years and years and years doing nothing. Hobnobbing with all the, you know, elites and the celebs and they had the best drugs and the best food and the best wine. You know, they weren't going to get that on their own. All they had to do was suck up to her and be like, oh, yeah, Johnny's a piece of shit. Just agree with her. Did they know it was going to escalate to that point? I'm sure they did not. I'm sure they thought, oh, he's an old man. Da, 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 da. No, he's not an old man. He's a beloved man, is what he is. She fucked with the wrong dude. Like, you, she should have gone lower. She shot way too high. Then she shot with Elon, with Elon too? Stop. That man could have bought her like, oh, please. She's a dime a dozen to somebody like him. Uh, their envy translates into possessiveness, even over other people. Their friends are their friends, and they will not share if at all possible. When they have to share, they find a way to punish their possession through belittling, withholding, or coldness and distance. Uh, anger and accusations are the escalation if the possession doesn't learn its lesson or know their place. As if that's not enough, they'll begin to covertly malign 
their new victim, who was somebody that they loved or said they loved, uh, they'll malign them in their social, private, and public worlds. And they'll slowly sow the seeds of doubt to discredit them and cause people to move away from them, isolating the victim even more so that now their only support system is the narcissist and the enablers. Alone and under constant scrutiny and criticism, the victim begins to show signs of mental and psychological distress. Depression, anxiety, paranoia, mistrust, self-hate, low self-worth. All these things build up and eventually they will usually have some type of suicidal ideation going on. Uh, when, the, when the narcissist feels inferior, they'll show their true face accidentally. And then they're going to up their attacks as they shift into panic mode. Eventually, they settle on convincing themselves that any actions they take are acceptable and even necessary. They're necessary to ensure that they regain and maintain their desired sense of superiority. So that's what I have for envy. And that's what they do. They want, they want, they want, they want. And they're going to do anything to get it. They will take over your life. They will isolate you from your family, your friends. They will take whatever you love and lord it over you. They'll use it for leverage. They don't care. They have no remorse. They can play later like they have remorse. Oh, I've changed. They didn't. They didn't. I can guarantee you, you let them back in and they're going to do it again. The only way to deal with these types of people is to just shut the door. You deny them the supply. You deny them what you have. And they're going to rage. They will come at you and they will keep coming at you. They will go behind the scenes to everybody you know and trash talk you. They will make sure everybody knows what a horrible person you are. Just making shit up or telling them the things that they did to you as if you did it to them. And then everybody's all shocked and shaken. And, oh! Oh my God, I never knew. No, you never knew because it didn't, didn't happen. Like they did it, not the other person. But that's their, that's their skill is turning it around and making the person who's actually been tortured and who's been denied and who owes everything to just themselves for keeping themselves together who owes all their pain to the narcissist and knows that they've done everything they could it doesn't matter they're not happy until that person is absolutely destroyed they need that in their you know in their i guess repertoire and you said, Elon called her chaotic evil and washed his hands fairly quickly. She did some damage, though. His book said it was re a really dark time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I probably range chaotic good to chaotic neutral. Where's the op nerd? Where's outpost nerd at? I'm misplaying TNT. <laughs> Should find a group. It's pretty fun. Talk to him because I'm pretty sure he wants to start another D&D &D group. 
Don't rope me into that though, because I don't I don't do the D and D thing. I did my level best to distract Nick whenever he was playing. He'd be playing D and D and he'd be just sitting there and I'd just be texting him. <laughs> he'd be like, Stop, you're making me laugh. Sorry. Don't stop talking, I'm bored. Like, oh, okay. Narcissists, they turn my brain inside out because I just don't think that way. And I've had so many of them in my life. I am narcissist catnip. Because I have a good heart, generous spirit. I don't like thinking the worst of people. I think people are, you know, primarily good. Do I like people? I want to. They make it very difficult. But as far as narcissists, no. I mean, they're all over the place. I know everybody says, oh, it's a buzzword. It's not a buzzword. It's a fucking epidemic. God, this shit was worse than Koof. And having them, like, isolated like that made it so much worse. Because they couldn't get any of the things they needed. They could not get any of the adoration face-to-face. Because most of these people, they don't get enough of what they need um technologically like it wouldn't be enough just to be that person on like facebook or youtube or rumble or whatever who's popular they need that in person they need somebody tangible who's going to say oh my god you're amazing what would i do without you you're the best there is they need that ego boost they know it's not true but they need it Lady Awesome said, I don't D&D. Being a career mom leaves no time for that kind of stuff. Even even without like having to do the mom stuff anymore, I just never was into it. My friend Manny tried to teach me so many times. And I was like, Manny, you're just you're talking to dead air over here. Like, I'm not listening. But oh, you're gonna have some. No, I'm not gonna have fun. You brought binders to a bar, Manny. Binders. He brought three gigantic binders to beer garden. I'm sitting there with my friggin' like my giant pretzel and my cheese dip. And I'm like, I have a beer in one hand, the pretzel in the other. He pulls this out and plops it on the goddamn towel. I was like, what the hell is that? I'm going to teach about Dungeons and, Dra- Dungeons and Dragons. I was like, the hell you are. I was like, this is like my third fucking beer. You ain't teaching me nothing but the way to go home. Like, that's it. Like, show me the way to go home. Like, we're good. Let's go. But yeah, he thought he was going to just pull this. See, geeks. I I love Manny, but he's such a geek. Oh, my God. Like, I'm a nerd, but he's a geek. It's terrible. Bring a binder to a bar. Stop. I never let him live that down either. He was like, yeah, looking back, that was a little, that was a little autistic of me. <laughs> you think? <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I, anything I have to study like that to play, I don't want to play. I don't even like to read the Monopoly rules. I don't care how much money you have. Give everybody four of everything. Fuck it. Oh, you don't like that? Give five of everything. <laughs> I don't care. Just give them. Five five hundreds, five hundreds, five fifties, five twenties, five tens, five five, five ones. That's it. Like just give it to them. I don't care. I don't care how much it says you have to have. I don't give a shit. 
take everything and put it in the middle. And if somebody, you know, like goes to free parking, they get everything that's in the middle. Like I, we would make up our own fucking rules. I didn't care. I hate reading the rules to board games. Me sitting there reading three binders of Dungeons and Dragons lore. Shut up. I looked at the front and it was tiny print too. So it wasn't like it was like, there weren't like graphs and shit. <laughs> and yeah, I haven't played since before I had my son. We used to have a store that we would hang out and play. Board games were my favorite. Oh, I love board games, but I just don't read the rules. You should know me by now. I like to make up my own rules. Um, they would make games and we would test them out. Nice. I got whooped in Mario Monopoly a few weeks ago. <laughs> Inside, I was crushed. And my husband could tell they literally, oh, they literally watched me. Ooh. Lady, awesome. I don't even like Monopoly. It's a lot. I don't have the time. <laughs> She's like, I'll play one hand to old maid with you and then we're done. What? Even Chinese checkers is too much. <laughs> I just tease. No, but I mean, I used to, I love playing board games. I do. I love playing board games. I love playing cards. You know, I love all that kind of stuff. Any kind of like family thing. But we used to play like me, Miguel, Vicky, Frankie, Spanky. All of us would sit down and we would play. And Miguel would get mad because I would I would win. You cheated. I did not cheat. Jesus Christ, you just suck at this. Like God. Ladies, I just think about what else I could be doing. Yeah, I don't do that. Fuck that. If it, if I want to sit down and play a game, I'm gonna sit down and play a game. Everything else can wait. Uh Mario Monopoly is very simple, Lady Autumn. It's younger kid friendly when the kiddos get a little bigger. <sighs> I have so many board games in my closet. Half my closet is actually full of different like types of trivial pursuit and stuff like that. And my ex-husband hated playing with me. Hated it. Because we'd play and I would, you know, la 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 through the whole thing. And he'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, we'd play... <laughs> We'd be playing Trivial Pursuit and I'd wait until he got like five of the, the pie pieces when he's supposed to have six. And I, I wouldn't have any. And he'd be like all souped up or whatever. And I always wanted to see where he was going with this. Like, is he going to be a jerk or is he going to like be gracious about it? Now, as soon as he went for the jerk, I was like, all right, now I'm really playing. And he'd be like, what? Like, yeah, well, I mean, you keep saying what a loser I am. And yeah, oh, you're so much smarter than me. <laughs> I'll win. No, you won't. You can't win. I have five. So I don't give a shit what you have right now. Like, I'm going to blow you right off the goddamn board. And I did it every time. Every time. He's like, how do you do that? How do you turn it around last minute, last minute and you win? Because you pissed me off. I was perfectly content to let you win and to just relax and enjoy you like with the whole like, hey, I'm winning because it made you happy. That's great. Oh my God, look at me. I'm winning. That's uh, <laughs> you picked the right name, dude. But for some reason he would he would take it too far. You know, and there would be a, a personal attack. 
It was like, oh, I knew I was going to win this game. I'm so much better at this than you are. <laughs> really? Yay! Half an hour later, you say, how did I lose? Because you're an idiot. You just should have shut the fuck up and you would have won. But no, you had to like, you know, you had to get me competitive, right? I'm so competitive. So competitive. Like, not everything is a contest, but when we're playing a game, yeah, I'm competitive. I want to win. And I get very upset with myself if I don't win. Like, I don't get like, oh my God, I don't cry about it. I don't get pissed off about it. But I'm like, God damn it, I could have played better. What the hell? Where the hell was my head? And then just like that, I'm over it. I don't hold on to emotion for very long. That's one thing people don't get. I'm explosive. Like, my personality is very, like, knee-jerk reaction. But just let me have that emotion for a couple minutes. You could tell me, listen, you're a lot right now. Just, I need you to, like, bring it down. And I'll say, I just, all right, let me just, I need a couple minutes. I'll be back. And I'll walk away for a minute, five minutes, ten minutes, and come back and be perfectly fine. And a little bit more articulate about what was upsetting me. And I'll be able to say, look, this is what was bothering me, blah, blah, blah. And work it out. But if you can't do that, then there's something missing in your life. Like you're missing some milestone where communication is a thing. Like you're missing impulse control or you're missing like some type of you know, yes, I have free will, which means I can regulate my own goddamn emotions. Thank you very much. Like, if you can't do that, then that's something you need to work on. You know, it's very hard to be around people who can't let things go. Like, if you're upset about this on Monday, and we already discussed it, I don't want to hear a brand new four-hour diatribe on it on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like, I just, I don't want to hear it. Unfortunately, being me, I'll sit there and listen to it. But if you expect me to give you any kind of like good feedback, it's not going to happen. Because if, if you keep going on, 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 then you say, well, what do you think? I'm, I think I'm tired of talking about this fucking subject. That's what I think. That's going to be my answer. Is it abrasive? Sure is. But at least I didn't tell you to go fuck yourself and not talk to me. I just said, can we talk about something else? Just I just want to talk about something else. This has been a thing through my whole life. Just people don't let shit go. And then they act like I'm not letting go. And I'm like, no, but I'm not mad. Well, you were so mad yesterday. Yeah, but that was yesterday. You're not still mad. No. You have to be mad. No, I don't. I really don't. Yeah, I was mad. Guess what? I can't sustain that level, that level of anger. It just takes too much out of me. And I don't got energy like that. You want to win? Go ahead, you won. There's certain battles I won't I won't fight anymore. They're stupid. Uh, you're at a seven and I'm at a three. Oh my god, that's my teacher thing. I say, all right, guys, the noise level. You guys are like up here at like an eight, and you're killing me. I need you to take it down to like a four or five. And then we're going to take it down to like a one before we go home because I don't want everybody being crazy. You know, and I mean, that's what, yeah, that's what we used to do. 
I I never got told that personally, but like Marty used to say, "Shall just be a little much right now." Like how much? Like you're like I can deal with you, but I don't think anybody who's not from around here can deal with you. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like all right. I gotta. All right, let me just back off on the animosity and aggression a little bit, and not be so intimidating and you know threatening to people. I didn't have to say or do anything. I can just be intimidating. I I have that ability. I can look at you and make you cry. That's just how I am. Is how I've always been. That is one of the things my father was able to teach me. And unfortunately, I learned it well. Because it's a weapon in my arsenal that I might need one day. I've used it before. It's highly effective. And yeah, I'm a holder. I'm a holder on of the emotion. <laughs> You're a holder on of the emotions. But not upset at the other person, but I'm handling my handling of it or the mistake I made. And I think and I think and I think about it. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I still tell my sister that. And you need to knock it down a couple of notches. Yep. That one I've heard. So can you bring it down a couple, couple notches? Because like I, I've had the whole you're dialed all the way up. Can you dial that shit back a little bit? When I got my first um, new teacher after years, Charles, the principal at Brant, he and I were friends for years already. He was the one that I picked up by the neck and put into the wall because uh, he wanted to fight me. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to fight me. I'll fight you. Let's go. And he didn't think I was serious. He also didn't think that I could pick his ass up off his feet with one hand. But he was skinny. Like, what the hell? Didn't take much. And I was full of, you know, rage. So <laughs> I had that adrenaline going. But he gave me this little teacher from Connecticut. She was this little 22 year old blonde, like, hey, kind of like with a little mousy voice and boys and girls, boys and girls. And I was just like, this bitch, really? Like, <laughs> like they're walking all over her. And he was like, listen, he was like, I love you. I was like, but he was like, this is a new teacher. She's not from here. I just looked at him. I said, what are you trying to tell me? Like, you act like I'm an ogre. He was like, no, you're wonderful. He was like, just, she's a little, you know, young. And just, you know, unpack your personality a little at a time. I was like, you know, not for nothing. That's really fucking insulting. He was like, I'm just saying slowly be yourself i said so what am i supposed to do start like start out as somebody else it was like just you know hold the personality back a little motherfucker if you say i have a strong personality one more goddamn time and he was like see it's like that's a lot i was like no it's not you're telling me to be somebody else you're telling me don't be me because i'm just too goddamn much for some young chick to fucking handle like, first of all, you're not giving her a lot of credit. And second of all, how insulting could you be? And he was like, I'm not trying to be insulting. But you are insulting. You're telling me just, you know, ease her into it. Fuck that. It's trial by fire. Let's go. Like, I can't. Uh, I have to tell my husband that, too. With him being home all the time, 
and he could be a live wire, and then I catch it somehow, and we're both nuts. Don't terrify the Midwesterner. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, that was my husband's thing. He was like the first time I lost my temper, and we were out. We were in the mall, and Katie was um, she was in her little wheelchair um, carriage. And I mean, not for nothing, but she had braces on her legs. And this lady was walking and she turned to her fucking whatever the fuck she was with. I can't even remember. I, I don't think I even noticed at the time. And whoever she was with, and she said, Ugh. she said, that kid should be walking around. She was like, that mother, what a piece of shit. I, all my husband said was, and. <laughs> Because I had her by the throat and I was like, fucking say it to my face. I was freaking out. Oh my God. It was so bad. I haven't done something like that in like 25 years, but she pissed me off. First of all, you're talking about my kid. Second of all, you're telling me I'm a bad parent. Third of all, who the fuck are you? Like, she brought all my Hoboken out. Like, I was all Jersey at that moment. It was just like the bitch we're fighting in the middle of the mall. It don't get more Jersey than that. It really don't. I was going to beat her ass in front of Sabaro because that's where we were, in front of the pizza place. Because we were walking past. And she was like, that mother. Oh. Um... I think I have a meeting in 20 minutes or an hour and 20 minutes. I'll find out when I get the email. If I poof, love you, Shelly and Lady Autumn and other chat. Yeah, chat's very quiet today. It's just us. Just us girls. Like, oh, okay. I don't know if it's YouTube being a cuck or whatever the hell, but I don't care. As long as I have you guys, I'm good. I just, I come here to talk. And see, so, you know, if anybody comes in and listens later they learn a couple things about narcissists and the things that they do and how not to let them take over your lives and that's the thing envy like when grimmy brought it up i thought okay envy is really it can be so destructive it's not like jealousy you're not looking at somebody going oh like look at her she's like she's got a man she doesn't deserve to have a man she's like you know like she doesn't look good or she isn't, you know, she's not so smart. Envy is different. Envy is. Look at her. She's got a house. She's got a car. She's got a good looking man. Like who the fuck does she think she is? All that shit needs to be mine. Well, if I can't have it, then you know what? Let me start some shit with this bitch. Like that's horrible. That is a horrible fucking way to live. There are many, many things in this life I can't do. Many, many things. There are many, 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 many things I can do. But whatever I earn, I earn. I'm not taking it from somebody else. I'm not stealing it. I'm not pretending to be something to get it. Like, it, I won't... Jesus Christ, how many times Nick is like... Oh, I'll come on your stream so that you have, you know, more subs. No, I'm good. He's like, but why are you stubborn? Why are you gay? Why are you stubborn? Because I want to do it on my own. It's mine. It's my work. My effort. You know, the people in my life, they're my friends, my loved ones. I'll take care of them. Will I share them? Absolutely. 
the people I love most, I don't understand why more people aren't like completely in love with these people. Why they don't see the things that I see. And lately I've been like, you know, trying to like push them out. Like, <laughs> go, go play, go, go make new friends, go make better friends. Come on. You know, like I'm still going to be here. Go ahead, go do it. Do you boo. Like, I want you to succeed. I want you to be happy. I want you to, you know, I want other people to experience you. And it comes across weird. You know, maybe it looks like I'm trying to push them away or whatever. I'm not doing that. I'm trying to get them to branch out and, you know, like, just to have their lives be bigger and better and to grow. And I, I don't think that I'm good for that. Daisy girl, they hate brains too. Yes, I know. Uh, and you said, where's Jacob? Maybe working hard in this cooler weather. I don't know. Everybody seems to have abandoned me. That's what I was saying the other day. Like, I go into chats, nobody talks. You know, I, I type stuff in, nobody says it. You know, I unless I throw money at them, I, I get no recognition. So I'm not throwing money at nobody anymore. It's just, it's not going to happen. You know, you don't get invited places. It's fine. I don't need to be. I'm fine right here. I'm good. And if I leave this, I leave it. You know, it is what it is. I want other people to not suffer because people are trying to avoid me. And I think that's what's happening. And I don't think it's right. Like guilt by association. That's some bullshit. So, whatever. Drama is going to follow me wherever I go because it is what it is. People suck. But I can take the hits and I can ignore them. But I don't want other people to suffer because of that bullshit. Um, doo -doo -doo -doo. So Daisy said they hate brains too. Only zombies love brains. Zombies love brains. Um, Lady Autumn said, wait, really? Did I miss something? No, what I was talking about in the beginning of the stream, that I just, I'm very off. Everything feels off for me right now. Um, oh, I have to change the thing in Facebook. I just realized that. I'm sorry. I was looking at, uh, I was looking at the icons on my, on my screen and I just realized that the cats are not the same. One of them has Connor's kitty cat and the other one doesn't. Daisy said, I've been lurking. Just got here. Wait, so have you been lurking or did you just get here? Because lurking seems to indicate that you've been here, but not speaking. So were you lurking or did you just show up? Don't confuse me, woman. I haven't had enough coffee yet. It's only a quarter to 11. Yeah, I need to go to sleep. But, you know, look, it's just a feeling, Lady Awesome. You know how you get those feelings, those intuitions? It's not me being paranoid. It's, I can feel it. And I don't want anybody to suffer for me, you know, being in their life. I just don't. 
I have good people in my life. I want them to prosper. I want them to succeed. I changed that top logo to live stream yesterday during the show. What are you talking about? You changed what top logo? Wait, what? Winning, what did you do? I don't know what you did. You could tell me later what you did. <laughs> I'm just looking at, because no, my Facebook doesn't match the the YouTube one. So I have to go into Facebook and change it. But here's the thing. I can post to Facebook from here, but I can't really see in Facebook because I don't remember my password. And apparently every time I try to put it on my phone, it tells me that I'm wrong. So <laughs> I just gave up. <laughs> I I post to Facebook all the time. I don't check it. I just don't because it's just stupid. Uh, Daisy said, I've been here, but I always do future conflict. I've been here, but I always do future conflict Monday, Wednesday, Friday. What's future conflict? Is that a channel? What is that? Um, been that way over a year. Hate their new time. Okay. I don't know. If this keeps up, I don't. I might do an afternoon show at some point, but not not this week. With the channel? Oh, okay. I didn't know that. That's cool. What do they do? Talk to me, woman. Talk to me. Talk to me. Tell me your name. You blow me off like it's all the same. Oh, I love that song. It's a good song. Ricky Martin. Mm. She bangs. That was definitely a song that I used to sing all the time. Eddie used to sing that song to me. Because he's a fucking Gemini. It's like, whatever. But, yeah. What is it about? I'm waiting. I hate this. I have it on super low latency. So I should have no problem with like, you know, timing. But if you're not typing, I can't see it. Anyway. Yeah. So back to Envy. I don't know. I've never. I've never wanted something of somebody else's that I wasn't willing to work to get. Like, I, I didn't want to take something away from somebody. I would never want to steal off somebody else's table. I would rather work till I can earn my way to get the, the stuff that I need myself. Uh, found them through Legal Mindset. It's a bunch of veterans, present, past, on panel and in chat. Oh, that's nice. That's very cool. Um, If anything, post a link here. Or send it through Discord or whatever, and I'll post it um, so that, you know, we can go check them out or whatever. My brain just hit like a million speed bumps, and I don't know why. I, I, I literally just stole like that, 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 that. But I feel like I just hit a wall like about 10 minutes ago, and I'm just realizing it now. So on that note, 
It's almost 11 o'clock. We've been going for almost three hours. We're good. I'm going to shut it down. And I'm going to thank the girls for showing up. I appreciate it very much. Miss all my boys. I mean, I always have winning, but it's because he didn't have, he didn't have a meeting this morning. Um, so that's why he's able to hang out. But I do, I want to thank you guys because everything I do have on here, I feel like I earned. I earned my subs. I earned my likes. I put a lot of work into these streams. Um, I put a lot of myself into these streams. And I put a lot of myself into what I did before as well. And to have that just ripped away, like I was nothing, like I was, you know, like no no contribution whatsoever it, it's it's bullshit it bothered me it still bothers me and it will continue to bother me jacob pete's well i'm leaving now <laughs> how are you jacob they were just asking about you see see i don't know i about cried yesterday they they made you cry yesterday? Why? What happened? Who made you cry, Dave? Oh, they made you a mod? Oh, that's so sweet. That's okay. I got to say hello. Honey, you know I love you. Stop. Welcome, welcome, Jacob. Now that we're going to end it. <laughs> um... Oh, that's so sweet, Daisy. I'm so happy for you. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love when you guys like when you say, Oh, I'm a mod here. I'm a mod there. You're so proud. And every time somebody gives me a wrench, I'm like, Don't do this. <laughs> don't do this to me. I don't want it. Um, I'm scared of that wrench. They might shoot me. Daisy didn't cry when I made her a mod. Well, maybe you made it wet in a different way. Jessica, what's up? Well, fuck, you're about to end it, and I just woke up. <laughs> yep, I went through all nine pages of notes, so we're good. I covered everything, and I'm tired. Um, but thank you for coming by. I appreciate it. I love you, Jess. And Daisy Girl, you feel the same? I mean... Look, I know there's people out there who love their wrenches. I mean, look at Valhalla. I purposely gave him one before he ever even came to my chat so that he was equipped when he got there. He was like, you gave me a wrench. Yes, I sure shit did. I gave you a wrench. And he was just like, oh, like, it was like, whatever. Like, I just, I preemptively gave you a wrench. <laughs> um, Daisy, that's awesome. What channel? Future conflict is what it's called. <laughs> Jacob said, yeah, winning. Started early today, but I've been listening to Nick all morning. Didn't even realize the time. Is he still awake? Tell me he's not still awake. I left him at like 5 o'clock this morning because I was like, I can't take this anymore. Like, <laughs> it's just too much. <laughs> Love you more. Hate the time difference. I always miss your stream. Fuck <laughs> that's all right honey these are these are really good ones i think you'd be interested in these you could play them on fast forward all about narcissism and 
Yesterday's was really good for for you because um, we were talking about it the other day. The behaviors that we develop when we've been through relationships with narcissistic abusers, and you've known about as many as I've known. Like, well, no, man, I'm going to say I probably know more because I have more. <laughs> I have more years under the belt than you do, but. I think you'd really like that one. Um, it gets really interesting and it explains a lot of our go-to um, behaviors. Things that, you know, you have to stop yourself from doing and you don't realize that you're doing them or why. So I, I highly recommend yesterday's. Today was good. Today was about, you know, envy. How they like to, you know, take over everything. They make sure they're in every aspect of your life so that they can take everything over. They take your friends, they take your, you know, all the joy you have in your life, and they take everything they know about you and they weaponize it. So, yeah, so th these are definitely the streams for you. And there's a lot of stuff in here about JD and AH that would help your, your stream. Um, it would just give you extra shit to talk about if there's a lull, which there usually isn't. But if there is, you know, it's stuff that you could always fall back on. And it's stuff that's coming up in your in your stream. I know you're going to be on tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern, I believe. You and Shizzy are starting your Johnny Depp day, day seven? Day seven, seven, eight, I forget. Because the last one was five, day five, six, and this is either day seven or day eight or maybe both. I don't know. Uh, my one experience was enough narcissist for me to be mentally fucked up. Well, that's what I'm here to help. I'm the, I'm, that's all I'm doing. Uh, my patience and tolerance with people went from pretty well to now. I can't stand anyone. Yeah. And again, listen to yesterday's stream. I think you'll really, you'll enjoy it. Uh, yeah, I think 7 Eastern. I don't know. He said it. Yeah, no, I, I saw it this morning. So I'm pretty sure it's 7 p.m. You and Shizzy. They'll be doing the, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. I believe it's day seven. And you should really, you should check it out. And then right after that, winning, what time is your show tonight? Is it at 8, 8.30, 9? I can't remember. I cannot remember. Vinning, where are you, Vinning? Where did you go, Vinning? Let's see. In case you don't know, that's what I call him. Vinning. Because it's always Vinning reality. I do it just to be annoying. Because <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> what the hell? We need to talk to Valhalla about his thumbnails because he's got a scheduled thing for eight o'clock tonight and there's no thumbnail it's just a a gray thingy weird uh and you didn't post anything god damn it all right 8 p.m. Eastern. Okay, so 8 p.m. Eastern, and you're covering, I mean, chill it a little bit. Come on. Jessica's got her thing starting at 7 with Shizzy. And 
I know I'll be showing up to mod for wedding at eight. <laughs> so at least I know where I'll be. <laughs> and then I won't have another show until Friday morning. Um, I don't know what that's going to be on at this point. I don't know. Maybe I'll see if I get a guest. I don't know. I really did want my mother to to do a short stream with me because I thought it would be funny as hell. But I don't know. She makes me nervous. Winning Reality Open Conspiracy Series kicks off with a deep dive into Agenda 2021 and Agenda 2030. Oh, that's awesome. If anybody talks to Elephant, tell her that that's tonight because she was looking forward to that. In fact, I'll I'll wind up sending her a DM as well. Uh, oh, well, Congress has a good hearing going right now on RSBN. Awesome. Awesome. So tonight, 7 o'clock, Jessica and Shizzy with the um, herd depth trial. And then 8 o'clock with Winning Reality Open Conspiracies. Agenda 2021 and Agenda 2030. I think I said agent before. I don't know why I can't read today. Anyway, so lots of committee meetings today. Awesome. And if you can look into a future conflict, there are a bunch of vets having a good time driving Davy Daisy nuts. And they made her a mod. So get over there and give her something to mod about. Take a piece. Open. Open conspiracies. Will that dive into the open society and other related companies? Bring on the paranoia winning. Oh, he's so good at it. So good at it. He busts these things to pieces. I love it. I love it. I always learn something on Wednesdays. Thursdays, I, I get to be stressed out. Because Thursday night, he'll be doing repairing history together. And he had planned on doing the post-traumatic slavery syndrome. But I think he changed his mind and will be doing something else. But I don't remember what it was. I'm sorry, sweetie. There's a lot going on in my brain right now. Uh, looking at my food. Oh, my husband, we need less corn in our lives. <laughs> we are really corny. Oh, come on. And you go on to Rumble and watch the just, the King Corn one. Oh, my God. That would be so funny. <laughs> Make your husband watch it. <laughs> come on. It's a family thing. And hit the like button. Damn it. Why? I don't understand why people don't hit the thumbs up on Rumble. What is it? Uh, these are the real ones worth concern. I just spent months debunking all the, the bullshit ones people get sucked into. Yes. So the guys would love that chili. Dudes are stationed all over the world. Really? Oh, I'm definitely going over there. Uh, oh, you have? You watched King Corn? That's great. That's great. Oh, it's the white privilege. White privilege on Thursday. I have no white privilege. I'm so fucked. White privilege. It's like that kid that got killed because, you know, he tried defending another kid that was getting beat up and then 15 friggin' black kids jumped on him and beat his ass and beat him to death. What the fuck is that? 
the fuck is that? I hope that comes up because that infuriated me. Because it's so typical. Oh, everybody wants me to feel bad because, oh, you're white. First of all, I'm not white. I'm Italian. And second of all, even if I was, I wouldn't feel bad. You know why? Because I didn't own shit. I still don't own shit. I have worked for minimum freaking wage and I'm supposed to what? Owe somebody else something? Fuck you. Like, no. I'm. Mm -mm. And they could be as mad as they want. I don't care. I don't care. I don't own nobody nothing. Matter of fact, people owe me. Oh, I can hear it in my head, winning. I can hear it. I can hear it. Anyway, I need to lighten up. Uh, yeah, we'll be asking where all this privilege is. Yeah, because I sure don't get a fucking share of it. Those guys would love you. Some could really use your show, too. I really want I I mentioned it to Valhalla this morning, well, during the night when he was on Nick's, that I really do want to talk to him about, um, like, the male emotional issues. Like, he he knows what it is to deal with PTSD, and I know what it is to deal with C. PTSD. And I kind of want to compare panics. <laughs> I want I want to I want to compare our mental states a little bit. But no, I'd like for him to like talk about it and talk about the male perspective cuz I don't think we hear it enough. I don't think we hear it at all. And I really I kind of want that voice on here and I don't I don't qualify. I can't do that. So I need different guys to come on and tell me about their problems. <laughs> But I think he'd be the most open. You know, because he understands. He went through some shit. You know, he may have issues, but he came by him honest. He's not, you know, blown them out of proportion. He's not doing it for attention. He he went through it. And I think it, it would be great if he told other guys, you know, and explained to women especially. Because women have, a lot of women have a hard time um understanding that men have emotions they're supposed to have emotions i mean how you're like oh you don't show me that you love me they don't, you don't let them show you shit you can't just pick the emotion you want them to have like okay you can you have to bottle up everything except your adoration for me oh, bitch <laughs> i fucking hate women like that but I also don't want a guy who's going to put the radio on and start crying because I'm upset with him. So it's just like, ugh. like if I'm not allowed to be that big of a bitch, you're not allowed to be that big of a little pussy bitch. Like I can't. Oh, they're definitely not going to push this friggin' video. I can tell you. No one will be on panel on Friday. Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. Same state that Andy Paps was murdered in, by the way. Trial coming. What? Okay. Little Wayne, with all due respect, Miss Katie, miss me with that bullshit. I think that's an exact quote. <laughs> For those who don't recall, Andy Pops was a retired police chief. Killed by those two wannabe thugs on a joyride and showed no remorse for it. That was also Nevada. I don't doubt it. Sean is there a lot. I'm sure. All right. So, guys, I am done. I'm done for the day. I love you very much. Let me see if I could do a couple. 
Let's see, because Lady Lady Awesome loves it. Because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. That's the short one. God damn it. I deserve good things. I am entitled to my share of happiness. I refuse to beat myself up. I am an attractive person. I am fun to be with. Because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. <laughs> Fucking winning. <laughs> Baby steps? It means setting small, reasonable goals for yourself, one day at a time. One tiny step at a time. Baby steps. For instance, um, when you leave this office, don't think about everything you have to do in order to get out of the building. Just think of what you must do to get out of this room. And when you get to the hall, deal with that hall and so forth. You see? Baby steps. Baby steps. Oh, boy. Baby steps. Baby steps. Baby steps through the office. Baby steps out the door. It, it works. works. It works. <laughs> anyway. So that's it for today. Thank you very much for joining me again tonight, 7 p.m. Jessica and Shizzy, 8 p.m. winning. And then tomorrow again, tomorrow night, winning. And then Friday morning, me, and we'll see where we go from there. Uh, I just listened to the Carter Carter 4. What's the Carter 4? Congress is going to be discussing worldwide threats to the homeland today. Daisy, you are so up on politics. You amaze me. You really do. You just, you're all up in it. Good for you. Because half of what they say just infuriates me. I can't listen to Congress. They suck. Gosh. It's just a whole bunch of... Wah, 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 wah. All this talking, I don't see anything getting done. It's infuriating. Anyway, I love you guys. Thank you so much for showing up. And I'm going to play my intro as an outro until when it comes up with a better outro. So... That's what you got. Love you guys. And I will see you in the funny papers. Bye. Jersey girl. I know that you're a Jersey girl inside. 4am at a diner. Stop singing. Living on a And doggone it. People like me. I'm thinking maybe you're a Jersey girl with all those highlights in your
Let me tell you about a girl from Jersey. She was looking so fine with a hip so curvy. I wanna over down and see sidelines and I boardwalk fight at the end of the night. Situation got condensation from the girl's gyration. She's hot like the girl next door with a tick gold bitties that I can't ignore. Who the fuck starts a conversation like that? I just sat down. I'd be 